Welcome to uh, a Solid 7 podcast. Hello. We, we are a better than average podcast. But just barely, except for today. I was about to say, I feel like we can't, I feel like we can't use our tagline today. It feels derogatory. We're going to be better than a 7 I today. Think, I think I'm calling it. we for an 8. So uh, we're not a podcast about nothing, but we're also not a podcast about any one thing. Each week we get together to talk about whatever's going on in the world that interests us, and we invite you to join us, and we often invite a guest to join us as well and boy do we have a doozy for you this week so uh welcome to the solid seven podcast mrs emily mccarthy well oh my goodness that was quite here we go check this out oh wrong one wrong one here we go this is the oh my gosh here it is there it is the story (laughs) of my life with this sound pad i always forget which button that's fancy oh my gosh this is high tech material uh we we so fancy gosh thank you so much for doing this i'm so excited to have you here like uh, you know i wanted to save so much of the conversation for the podcast which always annoys josh i'm like don't talk to me don't talk to me we'll talk about it It on air annoy me i don't care but i couldn't even he cares um (laughs) i just i I got here josh josh will tell you we've been telling you i've been fangirling so hard since this went down i'm like why is it fangirling why can't you fanboy that's uh, it's worse when you you, fangirl you probably could Uh, but this was fangirling fangirling Mm -hmm. screaming crying yeah you did have tears in the drive over i i came in uh planning to play it cool and i I failed miserably so um what how what do you think it's like to how is it to be in the champagne room oh my gosh well that's so that's what's crazy so it's like this is home turf for you so uh when we found out Emily was going to come on the podcast, we're like, we can't remote this and we can't ask you to drive to Orlando. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so we loaded up the gear today and go Ruck graciously. was like, no, you guys can, can come record in the champagne room. And again, I'm trying to be like, I'm freaking out of my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I'm like, okay, well, awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate that, you guys. So we're here in your home studio. Mm-hmm. Um, podcast host is one of the many hats. Yes. you wear around here and so we're sitting where you guys record and it's awesome and i'm no longer going to be satisfied with recording at my dining room table yeah i know i need the champagne room yeah so just, just there is no champagne yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we do have exclusive jocko goes. we do have oh, jocko good segue. Goes. let's let's crack them so this is what we, we we prepped emily this has become our little podcast tradition we do pre-mercials for jocko go because someday they will sponsor us just as we sponsor them so cheers 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 now, is this your first mango or your first go or? This is my first mango and oh, my first go. See, I don't know if we should. Have, I don't know if we should have started you on. Mango. I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I am like naturally caffeinated. Mm, that's mm. good. Well, that's the beauty mm. of Tasty. the Jocko Go. Now, uh, well, there's also a running joke that we turn every episode into a mini Jocko Go episode because <laughs> we always rabbit trail on it. But the beauty is, it's only 90 grams of caffeine. Like it's not like. A monster, and I know that name is near and dear to your heart, but yes. a monster is like 300 grams of caffeine or something. God. It's insane. So Heart attack included in every can. Mm, so, no, well, part of it, like Dakota Meyer's got his own flavor. There's one in your gift basket over oh, there. Thanks, it's the man. cherry vanilla, Dak okay. Savage. Um, but have you heard his whole story about how like just hammer and bangs gave him rhabdo? No. I think there might even be a lawsuit about it. So we always preface that with, hey, bang, please don't sue us. I'm just saying what he said. I'm not saying that you gave him rhabdo. But so that's part of how I think he ended up with Jocko giving him his own flavor so that he could have an energy drink that wouldn't, you know, kill him or explode his muscles. Uh, So... Yeah, so you're referring to this lovely gift basket that you brought me with all the Jocko Go flavors. We were really just really trying awesome. to frame the mug nicely. Oh, yeah. The mug's <laughs> a tough nice. get. Like you've typically you've got to be a ten dollar a month Patreon supporter to snag the solid seven mug. 
but we we wanted to do it right. Thank and you. then of course you guys have been doing Whole Thirty, so I loaded you up on on Lara bars. Thank there. you. I'm done with that now. So. <laughs> Like, whole thirty's oh, done. <laughs> so the last thing you want to see is like I had that thought in my head. I'm like, oh, I think it'd be funny. I know what a yeah. whole thirty is, but if you had explained it to someone who didn't know, mm. what well, it if was. you were listening to the Glorious Professionals podcast, yeah. as you no, should. I was, but I think that traffic was <laughs> Which, loud or, yeah. or something. So, happened. I don't know. I'll let you. T- Melissa yeah, was on Melissa a couple of episodes ago. Right? Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. Um, you know what I really loved about her story is is you know how she just said you know you have to have a good product and you have to give it to people for free mm. and. You know, and then the business will kind of like, you know, follow. And, yeah. you know, I think we've, we've tried to do a lot of that here at GORUCK too. Um, with with the whole 30, she basically said, hey, I'll do a challenge if y'all do this. And we were like, okay, I guess we got to do yeah, it. Yeah, you can't turn that down. So it's 30 days, a reset, you know, for your body. Um, it it wasn't the hardest thing I've ever done, right. but it was, it was not easy. And wow. I was like, feel like I was kind of low level starving. For, for 30 days. <laughs> wow. Which there's no like calorie restriction. It's just categories no. of food, right? It's kind of like not paleo, but primal ish, yeah. where it's more whole foods, more. Yeah, you can eat potatoes. And- you just can't eat any dairy. Your carbs are in um, no processed food. So it's actually really, really clean to do that. But, you know, Jason and I, we were laughing because we were like, this might do in our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Of all the things. I <laughs> know. <laughs> hey, yeah. the hangry, it's a real thing. It's a That's real, a real thing. situation. Yeah. So was was Jason doing it? Jason is, I don't know if you've been following him on social media. Jason's got a real special method of making peanut butter and jelly. It's unreasonable. It's unreasonable. <laughs> it stresses Tell me, about me it. out to see his pictures. It, it really, I'm like, how do you even, dude, it's so much peanut butter. It's so. It's like half a jar. He's lost his mind. That's it's, not not. That's not how you make peanut butter. I, and pic- jelly? I picture him being like. Have you guys been watching Ted Lasso? We talked yes, about it on the podcast. I so I, I I could totally see Jason leaving the open jar of peanut butter in the house just to scoop a finger whenever he walks yeah. by. I feel like I put entirely too much peanut butter compared to my jelly, oh, dude. So I think no, him and I might get along. Pull, no, 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 no. There's no way. There's uh, no matter how much peanut butter you've been putting on your sandwich. It, Jason, Jason's got you beat. Jason, anything Jason does, he does to an extreme. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is one example. So, so did he have to? give those up for the whole thing yes wow beer is that so is it why the the peanut butter though is it because okay, so they're legumes like do you skip yes, beans there's certain um the legumes like apparently they can they can be inflammatory so the whole the whole idea is to like check your body out yeah. and see like what's yeah. what's making things maybe not work so well that you can't tell when you're you know just eating everything so yeah no no peanuts no soy um like so it, it oh, cuts yeah. out. It cuts out like you know. We eat a lot of hummus. Mm-hmm. We can't have hummus. You know. Wow. So, yeah. So it's stuff that's like pretty healthy sometimes. So yeah. there were a couple of days where you know I just wasn't really on top of my game at the beginning. Like I didn't really understand yeah. how hungry I was going to get. So I'd be like, well, I, I can eat bacon. So so I'd eat like you know all this bacon. Then I was like, I don't feel that good. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be better off eating yes. my hummus. But you know. It, but I did love yeah. her point. Uh, like so much of the way, especially standard American diet, the way we eat. It's just, it's just habit. It's just emotional. So I loved her point on the podcast of like, if, if you won't eat like plain grilled chicken and broccoli right now, you're not hungry. Right. Like 
you're you're just not. No, it's so true. I'm like, no, that's that's fair. I mean, for sure, I'm gonna go crack open some Pringles now. But that's a fair that's <laughs> a fair say, point. They say if you're hungry, just drink a cup of water, and that's usually it's not. You're not hungry. You're just probably just dehydrated. I've heard that. I don't know if yeah. that's true. And I feel it's like a that good would just make me um, runner trick. Oh yeah. yeah, drink yeah, chug some water. <laughs> like it would just make me angry. <laughs> I was reading yesterday that uh, another way to get out of bed easier is like as soon don't hit the snooze. Just as soon as the alarm goes up, get, goes off. Just sit up, put your feet on the ground, and then drink a. Gl- a cup of water mm-hmm. and that helps wake you up. Uh, are you water? using a Jacko track for your wake up? I, I do sometimes and it makes my wife very angry. What, have you, how does have it, you heard what, these no, from what, him? Oh my God. Are, are you going to play it? Yeah. So he did this whole, he had like the top spoken word album on iTunes for a long time. What? So he, he recorded these tracks with echo more than like the, the real, like the faith based community. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's probably still like top 20 or something. Imagine it's 5 a.m. No alarm goes off. This is what you hear at 5 a.m. <laughs> I love so, that we have you on here and we've still turned this into a Jocko podcast. I'm going to give you about 10 seconds to get up and get out of bed. <laughs> One, two. And my two, wife is just yelling, turn it off. Five, our, six, Our poor wives waking seven, up to Jocko every morning. And, so, and then he goes into a whole like pitch on like, you're going to feel better and if you stay in bed you're gonna be weak and you're gonna fail and it's just like you're like yeah i'm gonna go to the the first task of the day just get up and do 10 burpees just 10 burpees yeah i'm like dude 10 burpees will kill me (laughs) at this time of morning do you know how many burpees we had to do at times square over this past weekend i don't even want it 111 dude and and this was like at 6 a.m after they in the the middle of times square yeah 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 that's awesome it was amazing but i'll tell you what it, I felt better after doing them. So Jock yeah. was on to something. That has no, not been my experience with burpees. <laughs> I always feel, I always hate waking up to go work out so early, but I never look back and go, I wish I didn't do no, that. No, you yeah. always not feel once. better, don't yeah. you? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, we've rabbit trailed as we tend to do. On the <laughs> yeah. I'm I thought surely we'll avoid it on this one, but no, it's just, it's just our MO, but we're here. We're here for you. We're not here for, for Jocko. <laughs> I mean, if he drops by, he drops by. But we, have, we have a mic set up. <laughs> we're, not, we're not here. We got extra we're not here for Jocko. Right. So, um, God, it's it's tough to know even where to start. Like your, you know. So I asked for your your press kit and stuff because I, you know, I didn't want to use any pictures you didn't like or anything like that. Not mm-hmm. like your pictures haven't been all over Go Rock and and everything else forever. Uh, but so current title. At the company as head of community. Yes. Uh, which you hit on that some with Melissa. And we can kind of talk about how that's, you know, it's been people over product, really, like build the community and then the sales, the sales come, right? right. So we can get into that. Uh, co- co-founder, mm-hmm. which I feel like reading through how not to start a back backpack company, I'm like, well, for sure. But also, that's a little muddy. It's, <laughs> it's a really? little muddy. Is that offensive to say? I'm like, co-founder's no, 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 no. a little. No, it is. It's it's like one of those things like my title has changed so much over the past decade. Yes. Who knows? I mean, at, at some point I've I've done it all and, yes. and um, you know, but you know, I've even led events like certain events, but I'm not a cadre, yeah. you know, because I I you know, I didn't go to SFAS or or serve in that combat sort of function, but yeah, I've I've been around since day one. Yes. Um, you know, if we financially speaking, like <laughs> I was the breadwinner of the family there, and you yes. know, our seed money went into that, so that counts for something. But but really, when it breaks down to it, like uh, if I look at Jason and me and our relationship, like I'm an idea person, he's an executor. Yeah. Like, and we're pretty complimentary on all those things, and we have different styles completely. 
like he wants to burn everything down and I'm like, no, 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 we got to build it up, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, (laughs) you know, but uh, he, something that's always impressed me about him is this, he is so focused and I'm like, oh, look at that. (laughs) Let's run over here and, you know, check it out. I'm very curious. Uh, I love that scene in Ted Lasso. The, that I think is one of the the later episodes of, of uh, series one of the first season. It's like I'm always curious. I always want to know more. I love it. So, um, and then like so, not current role, but background. Which uh, to me, like you read the rest of me, I'm like, okay, that's the kicker. Is uh, former CIA case officer. Yes. Yes. So I think I said last week when I was hyping this, I'm like, I'm not saying that Homeland is based on Emily's life. I'm like, but I think Homeland <laughs> might be based on Emily's uh, oh, life. Oh, Homeland. But I feel like, uh, well, I don't know. You uh, you can tell us. I feel like kind of an uncommon path to that that gig. Yeah. So we were. I was. I was telling you we were talking on the drive here. Uh, the the hall now. <laughs> normally, Josh is like, I hate driving to your house because we're about thirty minutes apart in Orlando. I'm like, well, let's just drive two hours to Jacksonville. But yeah, we, so my we, first <laughs> thought was like, can we? Can we? When he's like, we're gonna drive to Jacksonville to do this episode, and I was like, can do they not have internet in Jacksonville? <laughs> can we? Can we not call? Oh. And uh, and then he's like, no, it's, this is Emily, and I'm like. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, she's the wife of Jason. I'm like, that's the guy that made it, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm, we're polar opposites when it comes to, that's okay. to Go Ruck. So, but I think, so Bad we were talking, about, he's like, so do we talk Go Ruck? Do we talk Emily? I'm like, well, it's like, it's the same. Yeah. Like your origin story, you and Jason's origin story is the Go Ruck origin story. So I, you know, I think we start there with, I mean, you guys were legit high school sweethearts, yes? Oh, Aww. no. No? Oh, no. I thought it was high school. We know guys... we met in high okay, school. Okay, okay. But let me tell you, we were not sweethearts. <laughs> <laughs> we were not. We were friends. And um, in fact, he was like such a good friend that like, you know, he introduced me to my boyfriend. <laughs> and um, everyone would tell me that Jason loved me, but I never saw that because Jason was, was very shy. And um, to type it all off, senior year, you know, prom, my older boyfriend did not want to go. So I was like, oh, I'm going to ask my really best good friend, Jason, to go with me. So I asked him and he was so rude to me that I had to um, throw a cup of ice water on his head at the cafeteria. So that's how we that's how we sort of um, ended our high school sort of relationship and didn't talk for several years. Like, you know. We went off to different colleges and there was really, you know how it was. It was like you couldn't really get in, stay in touch with people. Yeah. yeah. Like the email was just coming out and you had to know what that was like. No one had a cell phone really. Um, so, so this, I feel like um, we're all kind of rough. Well, not Josh is a youngin. Yeah. But <laughs> he acts he, like I'm 14. He like hate, he hates that. <laughs> I just well, when did you get your 30, first cell phone, Josh? I got my first was an 07. Okay. I got the Razor. Oh yeah, I had yeah. the black razor. See, I had, but I feel like See, when, I'm not when did you guys a little a little one? <laughs> well, I got my first one in '98, which was my senior year, and it was one of those like Ericsson brick phones. Like you could defend yourself with yes. it if you had to, and the battery never died. Yeah. So that was that was probably late '90s, probably when you guys graduated around that time. Yeah, high school. From we're high talking school, about? yeah, uh, yeah, '97. Mid- okay, 97. Yeah, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I didn't get my cell phone until last year of college, so 2001. So yeah, so he he kind of tracked me down, like junior year of college, and you know nothing, you know just like hey, you want to go out to dinner with my family, sort of thing. I was like, okay, 
free dinner, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're in college. So yeah, we kind of slowly got in touch after that, but it wasn't, we weren't, we were friends more than and anything. Where, where, where did you go to school? Georgetown. You were, BC. and so were you, or did you run in college? Yeah. So yeah. you're a runner. Yes. I ran cross country and tr- indoor and outdoor track. Which is funny now that you co-founded a company that has literally printed things that say running sucks yes yes which <laughs> is could... which is true my running joke is always that you never see anybody out for a run with a smile on their face i've never seen it it doesn't happen i don't believe uh, in it i the 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 girls run in cross country well, they we, we laugh I've we seen... talk we have conversations explain this runner's high to me because <laughs> yeah. i have yet to hit this thing <laughs> so euphoric and yeah. amazing i've yet to hit you it. you actually have to run like more than once a week okay. to get that <laughs> in probably over six miles Oh, that's my problem. Uh-huh. I'm usually stopping about two. Yeah. Two, and that's like a limit. You're cheating that's- <laughs> yourself. You're cheating yourself. I actually have not been running very regularly. Yeah. I, I rock a lot more these days because rocking is great, but it takes a lot of time. Yeah. Um, I miss running a lot, but I can. F- I find that I don't have a lot of people that want to run with me, um, and that's silly because I'm not running like I did in college at all, but... But it, you know, running is one of these things that if you don't keep up with it, it really sucks. Yeah. Like you basically have a two week window of not running before you start to lose your your you know, um, you know whatever gains that you've yeah. had, and 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 that's bad. Then yeah. then you then it feels like you're yeah. second wind. No, so all all these people that are like, oh, I hate running. It's like, well, you really have to be consistent with yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, this sounds like something I definitely want to take up. So, uh, so you're working though. You can just put on the rock and just yes. get out there yeah. and listen yes. to a podcast. Right? And yeah, everything's good. Like if you're if you're distracted, like if you're with somebody, which is the whole point. Don't rock alone. No. Take a dog. Take a person. I've I mean, gone we'll the last. Yeah. I, he gave me a rock to borrow with twenty pound or twenty five. I keep 20, 20. 20. Uh And I've done that a couple times with my dog, and I've I think I went three miles on yesterday. Ooh. And, uh, but if you're podcasting, if you're chatting, just if you're whatever, time. like you just, it is hiding the work. Like you don't, you get done and you're just like, I'm drenched and I don't know yeah. Yeah. why. It wasn't bad. I mean, three miles is nothing because yeah. you guys are rocking like 50 milers and stuff. But like, <laughs> it's just, I only had so much time. I'm like, this take, and I was telling Kale, I was like, I think I'm going to take the ruck and go to like on the treadmill at the gym and maybe jog with it so I can get more. If I can do six miles jogging, my thought is maybe I can do 12 miles walking when we to train for this. This ruck I'm like, yeah, up. dude, don't run. Don't no, run don't with your run ruck. With, don't run with don't it. Don't run with it. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Okay. It just takes so long to walk. <laughs> no, but like if you've got to run some errands or something, just throw on the ruck. Like go to the Publix, mm. you know, put it in. That's a good go idea. Go back, take the dog. I mean, the dog is a great way. Yeah, she's still, she's about to hear, hit a year old, so she's a little annoying sometimes, so I feel like it's an extra workout because I'm trying to pull yeah. her and she's like 60 pounds, so I'm still like trying to fight her and I have this and that, but that she, gets fun. But does she do that for the entire ruck? Or just no, the beginning? it depends. Yeah, the beginning, and then yeah. she'll calm down when she's been out in the sun for like a minute. Yeah, but yeah, but she yeah. adds a little extra bit of exercise, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, we did like four miles with her a couple weeks ago. She yeah. did really good. It was That's also awesome. at like yeah. six a.m. and there's no sun. So. Yes, there yeah. is that. She's this like is Kuma. Yeah, she has a, yes. a third husky in her, so her fur like the sun just she bakes. So mm-hmm. there's no sun. So she did much longer. Mm. Yeah. So you're at Georgetown running for some reason, and Jason <laughs> was where for school? Emory. Okay, playing tennis. And so he he looks you up, junior year. Yeah, so that that was just a reconnection after like years of silence from being. What made him want to reach out? I don't know. Because he, he last he saw he had a cup of ice dumped on him, yeah, and then yeah. now he's like, "What's up? What you doing?" Because he always loved me. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, that's what that's what I would say. But um, yeah, so we you know briefly in touch, but then you know. He, he showed up to my dad's funeral. My dad died suddenly after I graduated. 
And I didn't, I didn't actually remember that because like, you know, funerals, it was all a blur, but, um, I ended up going to DC and working there for a little while and then going on my mission trip that was deferred. I was supposed to go right out of college, um, and ended up going the year after that. And I remember he called me once and like when I was in Ecuador, just like out of the blue, like, and, and sent me like one care package. This is the whole, the whole time for an entire year. And I kind of was like, what is, what is he doing? You know, so um, t- chatted with him that one time. And then he told me when I got back, he said, hey, I'm going to do some service for myself. And I was thinking, oh, is he going to join the Peace Corps? That's <laughs> sweet. Sort, sort of, sort of. And then he, then he dropped the bomb. Like I just enlisted. And I'm like, does your mother know this? And he had just told her and she was not happy. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. I mean, th- this is war, war time. Yeah. I yeah. mean. It's it, this isn't like mid nineties and less man. No, 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 like no. Uh, you'll go, you'll go do your thing. You'll you'll this whatever. Is that like, yeah. Yes. This is like your. Wow. This is two thousand three. Yeah. Oh wow. This is like at the yeah. like, things are ramped yeah. up and so um, yeah. So nine eleven. We he was in Florida. I was in DC. Um, and it's it's interesting because his reaction was immediately like, I got to join the fight. I got to yeah. do this. And mine. Mine was a little more circuitous. Like I was like, no, I've got some boxes I want to check. I want to, I got to fulfill this Ecuador um, dream of mine. And you know, my, my, I've always been more in like this humanitarian right. you know, work sort of mindset. So I didn't really ever think I was going to, to work for the government. Um, and I actually had a lot of skepticism during that whole process to get in, which is a long and arduous process. It took over two years, background checks, yeah polygraphs, numerous personality tests, all sorts of hoops you jump through. And the whole time I was like, well, if this doesn't work out, I'm not going to do, you know, I'll do something else. Right. <laughs> you know, like I remember asking in one of my inter- interviews, I'm like, am I going to have to like drone strike someone? <laughs> like, I don't think it's morally okay. <laughs> I don't think that's going to, I mean, I had just come off this very intense Christian community um, living in Ecuador, yeah, um, intentional Christian community, um, Catholic, um, but I, I was like having like these moral like you know yeah. conundrums and and you know not feeling. It. I mean, South America in itself is very sort of anti-U.S. government. I mean, they have a history to yeah. to, to yeah. feel that way. Um, I mean, I remember I, I worked in this communist school as a PE teacher, and it was named after this artist Oswaldo Yasemin. And he went to visit his like hometown and see some of his work uh, when I was there. And it was all this like death to CIA. <laughs> now, was that in, was that in Ecuador? Yeah. Yeah. Ecuador. Cause then you, you made it. So I, uh, at show prep, which I rarely, we, we don't do actual show prep and it shows, but I'm like, so I, you know, I started reading uh, through Jason's book and I went back and listened to your episode mm. of glorious professionals, which I think was like episode number two, yeah, I think, wasn't yeah. it? Um, which definitely go and listen to that. So one, like I'm listening to you telling this story of like the interview process for the CIA oh, right. and all I'm picturing, picturing is that one movie with Al Pacino, and uh, Colin Farrell, right? I'm like, is that what it's like? I'm like, are they just messing with your head the whole... So that's what I'm picturing yeah. as you're telling this story. But then you spent some time in Cuba too. I did. I did. I went to Cuba after Ecuador. It was total boondoggle. Like total, like friend of a friend, had some religious visa, come work on this film that we're, you know, doing. Sounds sketchy. It was super <laughs> sketchy. But I was like, I'm for it. You know, at that age, I just... Right. I, I, I'm, I'm very much a... I will, I will seek out some adventure. And so I, I went 
I didn't have anything holding me back and traveled around there by myself for a while. And <laughs> I definitely paid the price for that later on when I was joining the government because oh. I got scrutinized. I remember thinking like, damn, they should be paying me for all this information <laughs> I'm giving them. Yes. <laughs> they were like, they were shocked. I mean, I, I got holed up for like hours Wow. in this one room from security asking me about everything. I mean, I, I brought my guidebook because I had written all these notes and, you know, showed them all my pictures and told them everything. And yeah, it was it was a lot to download. But, um, you know, I thought you were like a double agent type you know, deal or a well, spy or something. Well, I mean, or, look at the history. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of Cuban double agents. And here I am, Florida girl, speak Spanish, right. you know, maybe co-opted. But I mean, I'm not. Right. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm listening to you talk about it on the podcast and I'm like, Emily's got a lot of really nice things to say about Cuba. I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting there listening. I'm like, Who? don't pin that on me. I'm like, how? No, like, no, no. I'll you, tell you. I'm like, you won't go right. And then at the end, and then at the end, she brings her on. But no, she's like, no, capitalism is awesome. This is this is better. I'm like, oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah, no. I <laughs> Well, I told you it was a little bit of a, a mind, mind warp because, um, you know, here I was living in a very impoverished community in Ecuador, you know, for a whole year. I didn't go anywhere else. I stayed, I stayed there. And, um, and you know, where, you know, people don't have enough to eat. They don't have, you know, they don't have enough nice clothes to wear. They don't have health care. They don't, they don't have access to the basics. And I, I went to Cuba and the, the poverty is, is better like the bottom level because they're, you know, it's, it's a communist state. So they're all, their teeth look great. They all go to school. They wear nice uniforms. They're all getting enough to eat. It's, it's like a level better, but, but, but no freedom. Yeah. Mm. And that at the end of the day, you know, once you, you talk to people, the older, the older people that I, I mean, they have this cool thing where it's like a, the houses are sensados where they're allowed to accept visitors. They must be, go through some screening process and they get like double rations of food. So you basically are like, bed and breakfasting in these people's homes. Hmm. Just super intimate and very cool way to like learn yeah. about a culture and the people in a country. So I talked to everybody and the the older crowd are like, you know, big, big believers of Castro and what the revolution hmm. meant. And they don't care that there's only one channel on the TV show and there's only one newspaper. And, you hmm. know, they, they like this life where they can live with their doors unlocked and get enough to eat without having to do very much. Wow. The but there's a whole other gen, you know generation mm -hmm. or two that are like banging down the doors. Yeah, uh, man, gosh, it's it's such a crazy thing. We've actually got uh, a friend of ours um, that we worked with for a long time. His grandpa. Now, this dude's he's a storyteller, so I take some of this with a grain of salt. But <laughs> uh, his grandpa was one of, if not the richest man in Cuba during the revolution he owned cracker factories yeah. he still has deeds to small islands off cuba and um as the story is told to us castro was going to seize his factories so he burned them down was sentenced to death um and he was going to be executed in in the capital or some big city so they can make a show of it like convinces somebody to let him go to the bathroom on a train or something I'm like does cuba have trains but anyways um but gets out him and his brother make their way to the u.s embassy they get into europe wife and kids are behind wife gets thrown in jail for six months because they're convinced they know where he's at she knows where he's at he makes it here um typical like five bucks in his pocket if that whatever gets to the u.s earns money to bring the family over brings the family over i don't know how they got out 
couldn't afford to keep the kids. They put the kids up for adoption. He tells his oldest son, if anybody tries to adopt any of you, you tell them your father will find them and kill them. <laughs> so they're just living off the state until so they get the kids back, then still can't afford them. Um, and they're feeding them legit like cans of dog food because that's what they could afford. Um, long story longer, he ends up like when I met this man, he lived in a like $1.7 million house he had built himself on the intercoastal in Miami on the same street as the Miami Vice house. He had built this massive construction company. Um, he still owned one apartment building at that time. He had sold everything else off. He kept that. Totally the kind of guy that like if you're on hard times, you don't need to pay your rent. Um, raised awesome, successful kids. We'd go with whole groups uh, of people like from our church. He'd cook piles of steak and chicken for everybody. Went home for every meal. Wow. The the MO of the family was like, if you want something, your grandmother can make it. You want a Big Mac? She can make it. You want to... Um, <laughs> But so like to hear, like he couldn't talk about Cuba without tears, without tears. And, and I think this was around the time, like the whole Elian Gonzalez thing oh, went down gosh, and man, yeah. they were furious, man, they were That was a rough furious. situation. Yeah. There's, there's lots of stories like that. I yeah. mean, the, the Cuban people are resilient, resilient people and, and very hardworking and very talented. Um, and you know, it's never black and white, Yeah, <laughs> you know, that all these people that became dictators or autocrats at one point, they were the heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Same mm. with Hitler. Like people liked him <sighs> initially. Of course. I mean, these are just charismatic people and they actually have a good cause. I mean, this happens all the time in, in Africa and other places in the world, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. It so the, as you're starting this, where, when are you and Jason Instagram official as the kids would say <laughs> these days, when does that cross the, the threat threshold there? Oh gosh. So, um, so I come back, we, we meet up. It's always just like this, you know, random sort of like, Hey, we go out to breakfast and he's telling me about his, you know, what's he's doing next, joining the, the military. And I'm kind of like, cool, good. Have fun with that. You know, yeah. like I don't want any part of that. <laughs> you know? He enlisted. What did he enlist? What, what he went, he well army, Okay. but he did the 18 x-ray program, which is basically street to green beret which doesn't always, it's not always available. Okay. It's sort of a, as the needs of the service. Um, so it, normally you would join a branch of the military, in this case the army, and you would put in time in the infantry and then you would get sort of, you know, kind of tapped or okay. or you decide you want to go through selection. Right. Um, so he had a pretty steep learning curve. Yeah, so we went out to breakfast and he's telling me about how he had looked into working for the agency and maybe I should consider that because I was telling him like I don't know what I want to do next like I'm teaching now um it's cool I might I might stick with it but he, I kind of I was like telling him I wanted to go back to DC and you know he suggested this and I, I remember being kind of like I don't know anything about that I don't, I don't know but I, I looked it up and I thought oh I could be a language teacher for them that'd be cool <laughs> that's a good yeah, idea no, that's right a, that's a sweet gig <laughs> So I apply for the language teacher and don't hear anything for several months. Now, then, at that point, you had Spanish under your belt, and then you speak French also, yeah? Yeah, I, had, I was a French major. Right. My mom was a French teacher in public school for many years. Um, and then, I yeah, so Spanish, French, and, and that, that's it at that point. I, I picked up Portuguese later, um, living there and, and through the government sending me through training. So the easy languages – um, but yeah, I thought, oh, that'd be fun. And then, you know, I get a call several months later and they're, it's really random. It's really weird. And 
next thing I know, like that whole, whole process, interview process is going on. And they tell me like, we don't hire non-native speakers for this job. And I was like, oh, too bad. I guess that's it. And they're like, but we've got another job for you. And I'm like, hmm, what is this other job? So that's when the whole case officer um, prospect came up. And, you know, that was a total ball of wax, too, because once I got through that whole process and, you know, entry on duty, I was basically trying. Jason and I are at that point, we are married. Yeah. You know, we got married very quickly. He's going off to war. Um, we're going to be apart. We just know this. And I'm like, I'm not going to live on the base because I'm going to pursue my own career. It made made perfect sense on paper. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And so I, I move up to the D.C. area and um, the whole time I'm like in the in the training process, it, you know, there's basically like a probation period. Right. You're getting paid, but it's not guaranteed that you're going to get this job that you're shooting mm-hmm. for. You've got to, you know, meet these, um, you know, these these standards along the way. And I'm thinking I, I'm trying to be the good wife here and position myself where Jason could basically join me at some point because that was sort of the the five-year plan and I'm thinking like well I'm just gonna be like the more like the reports person that stays at headquarters or even maybe I'll go in the field but I'll be the person that's like traditionally it was the men go out and be the case officers the James Bonds and Mm -hmm. then like in the in the in the station you've got a lot of reports writers and a lot of them were women sometimes Mm -hmm. the spouses so it's a little antiquated it's not like that quite so much now um but that's kind of how i was thinking because i was like i don't see this working otherwise but along the way they kept telling me like no no we want you in this position and i was i was pretty obstinate to it i was like no i don't think you understand like (laughs) but i kept getting pushed in that and then finally Finally, I had enough people, good mentors tell me like, listen, this is this is a good position for you. Like you, your personality type, everything that you've done, like this is where you need to be. This is this is the tip of the spear. You 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 belong here. And that was that was pretty. Once I kind of wrapped my head around yeah. it, I was like, OK, let's do this. Now, and like we <laughs> so. should clarify, because I don't know how much of our, our listership, which is Josh's mom and mine. Um, like, I don't know how, like how much, maybe if they, if they haven't watched Homeland, I don't know that our target market would be Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, CIA, you know, case officer. Um, you, you spy. Yeah. You're a spy. Yeah. That's, that's CIA speak for you're a spy. (laughs) It's, um, yeah. Basically you are out in the field recruiting people to spy on their countries, their companies, their whoever. And it's, um. Probably it's quoted as like the hardest thing ever to sell. Wow! Yes. Right? Because um, you're you're putting people are putting their lives on the line. But some and their of, livelihoods, like some portion of this, and this is what boggles my mind, is just open and accepted, right? Like I've got an, an ex brother in law. He was an F eighteen pilot, and he got medically grounded. Um, and so he ended up, he went and worked in John McCain's office for a year, which was super cool. Mm-hmm. I've stood behind John McCain's desk. That was wow. kind of awesome. Um, but then he ended up uh, tasked to the DIA. Uh, and then he ended up doing like a year in, I can't remember, Taiwan or something like that. And, yeah. you know, with the kind of gig where he had to be able to take the battery out of his phone. He was mad that he had to get rid of his iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just like, but they know you're like, they know you're there. They know you're like some of like there's yeah. like there's undeclared people doing this stuff. And there's like known people doing this stuff. Right. right. So which side so it depends that? on where you are and what yeah. you're doing. Right. I mean, there's certain stations that you spend years being there doing nothing. 
because you have to build up a profile and you can't do anything, you know, hinky. But then there's other places and, and then there's different types of cover, right? And um, I can't go too much into that, but uh, you know, nobody's listening. Emily. You can tell me. You can tell. <laughs> it's, we are in the safety tree here, the silence of the podcast. So for me, like, yes, I was in sort of a traditional sort of embassy um, capacity. And frankly, I, ra- I just did two jobs. I did, I did a day job and, you know, I did a lot of cool stuff working in the political sector of the country. I knew, I know a lot of stuff. And then at night I did another job and I worked like a hundred hour weeks. And on the weekends I go to this orphanage and then I, you know, plan like sort of, um, all sorts of fun events cause there's nothing to do there. So if you want, so the whole purpose was to basically, you gotta, you've got to show people that you're discreet, but you're also available. You got to make yourself known and trusted and, um, you know, it, people, you want someone that if they were ever like in a situation where they're like, I got to get the hell out of here, I, they would come to you. They would walk, uh, walk into you basically and say, I want to provide this because, you know, it, it was sort of described to me. And I think this is actually a really great way to put it as like in terms of spying, there's like you can basically categorize, categorize people into three, three, three sections. You have people who would never, ever spy on their country. Like us, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's people who are looking for that because whatever's going on in their life is, you know, that's just how they're built. That's how they get things done. And, and they're looking for you. And then most people are somewhere in the middle where right. they don't know if they want to do that or not. And that's sort of, those are sometimes the more intellectually interesting um, cases to, right. to deal with because- they, they probably have a lot of access to, to what we need to, well, I mean, we as a country, I mean, all, every nation needs to have this capability. Right. I mean, in a lot of ways, good intelligence pre- prevents war, yeah. right? I mean, and good intelligence um, provides our, you know, diplomatic arm with, with a lot of information to be able to like negotiate effectively. Yeah. So I, I, when I got past the moral <laughs> dilemma stuff, I, 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 I really, tried to focus on the fact that if I'm doing my job right, if the other case officers and, and reports officers are doing their jobs right and the analysts as well, then we are, we are preventative. Yeah. That's and, cool. and I think that's really important. Yeah. This makes me want to rabbit trail so hard on how we got <laughs> Afghanistan so <sighs> wrong, but we can't, we can't, we can't. Cause you we left, can't. you weren't helping no, them no, no, do no, a better job. No, so, well, that was the thing. No, you, but it was very upsetting to see yeah. that because I think about that from, the vantage point of the case officers yeah. and it's makes your job really hard. How yeah. are you going to, how are you going to recruit well, and, sources? And that's my thing. And it's like sitting on the outside, you know, I, I don't want to assume I know more than I do, but I am a thinker and you can look at that and go either our human was garbage or we got it really bureaucratically wrong. It, it, it has to only be one of those two things, right? Like I don't like how else could it go? How else could we have it that wrong? But I mean, it was upsetting. I mean, the government felt like it was us trying to take them over. Yeah. I mean, it was like that fast. Yeah. It was like us rolling into Iraq in the 90s. It was just, yeah. no. Anyways. The optics have been really bad. I mean, <sighs> listen, behind the scenes, I know that there have been a lot of good things going on, both officially and unofficially. That being said, the optics do matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I it's mean, not- it was hard enough to do my job back in the day with Iraq going on. 
and the difficult conversations I had with, you know, fellow diplomats from other countries and saying, I mean, they would just flat out be like, what, what are you guys yeah. doing? Why are you doing this sort of thing? And, you know, you have to toe the line to a certain extent, you know, but you also have to level with people and say, listen, you can still trust us. Mm. And, and this is, this is when that trust gets eroded, it's really takes a long time to build back. Well, and we've done this to them before Yeah, and learn nothing from it. There's a phenomenal Tom Hanks movie about it. And we didn't learn our lesson. <sighs> I know this is, this is why though these like, uh, not, you know, not to be too make light of it, but like these, why this podcast matter, like these conversations yeah, yeah. matter because if we're not talking about this in real ways to say, remember, mm. remember what that was like. And I'm not talking about sound bites. I'm not talking about blame game. I'm yeah. just, I'm saying like, you know, when Rich gets on and talks about what, what it was like to go into Saigon when yes. the same thing was happening, like we need to remember those yeah. lessons. Well, and well, never mind. I, I was going to make a hard political turn. We try and stay. Anyways, <laughs> anyways. Can't. No, we don't have to go there. I mean, listen, like everyone's culpable to yeah. some extent. Like this is not, this doesn't have to be political. It's, this uh, is human. Yes. Yeah. It's it's infuriating. But so so you would think this time frame you become a case officer, you're headed somewhere Iraq, Afghanistan. But when you speak French and Spanish instead of Farsi, you end up in West Africa. West Africa. Were you, I actually um, were you volunteered to Af go to Afghanistan. Right. I volunteered to go to Afghanistan because I was trying to game the system because you were supposed to have like a a war zone tour. And I thought better to do it now before I have kids, you know, and I don't want to be away from my kids like that um, or being sort of, you know, I, I don't mind being in danger when it's just me. Um, but that changes when you have kids. So, yeah, I got I, I think I've mentioned this on my podcast, but it was like this reality TV show mo moment where you op you got called up at your graduation and you opened this this, you know, envelope and that tells you where you're going. Yeah. People were just losing their, you know what? Um, <laughs> and I was actually like, I actually got a different West African post um, assigned initially. And I was like super psyched about that first one. And then I was even more psyched about the one I ended up going to. But in between that, I got sent on this cool mission that I talk about in the podcast. I don't need to go into it here, but I got on this cool like sidebar mission um, to go to uh, the border of Sudan, which was just wow, fascinating. Yeah, but you know, part of me is like, whenever I go to these places, part of me wants to be still like on the other side, like in terms of MSF or an NGO work in the refugee right. camps. And I, I often feel a little removed, you know, when I'm in this other capacity because it's like, I want to be doing what they're doing, but I know what I'm doing is important too, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. No, that's been a struggle for, uh, we were talking to you about our, our friend Becca, who's a, a podcast regular, and we kind of talked about you you being Becca, if, if Becca could kill people. <laughs> and um, But so that's been a, you know, that culture shock, that struggle for her of having been, you know, spent so much time, I think it was four or five years total she was in, and that that wasn't her first missions work, but in Israel, mm -hmm. uh, you know, working... Um, you know, with underprivileged people and really like kind of working in the sex trade and trying to help the prostitutes, stuff like that to roll back into the States. And it's just like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get a job and I'm going to do my thing. She's doing awesome right now. She's uh, heading up a, a women's leadership program at a college up in Pennsylvania cool. now. And she's like, I'm still impacting that, but I'm training the leaders that are going to go do that. It's kind of where her mindset was, but it's tough not to be yeah. in it and on that side and, and doing it and be with the people. And 
It is. I think you, we saw with the Afghanistan stuff, a lot of veterans feeling that way. Mm. Hands, yeah. like their hands are tied. They know they could be helping out or doing something, but it's just not, not their time to uh, be there. Gosh. So yeah, it, it was, um, you know, the people always ask me like, do you miss, do you miss the job? Do you miss, uh, you know, Africa? And I do, I, the work there is fascinating. I mean, it's imagine waking up every day and reading cable traffic and being like, I don't know what I'm, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it could be a coup next door. It could be a coup in your own <laughs> city. It could be, um, you know, it could be, you know, all sorts of things going on. Like, yeah. oh, this, this tar- high value targets coming through. You gotta, you gotta prepare for that. Um, things are constantly changing. I love that. Um, you know, part of about being a case officer is constantly being able to adapt to the situation, to vary your route, you know, to be sort of a jack of all or Jill of all trades. And I, I really sort of, I really love that environment. And I didn't really know it at the time, but then I was like, this is great. This is not boring. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I love this, but it's also a lot of writing there's a lot of sort of and, and we're not talking like creative writing <laughs> we're talking we're talking like anytime you meet with someone there's 18 18 sort of reports oh my one gosh. some shape or form that come out of that so it's pretty tedious you think you guys could use like a shared google doc or something <laughs> hey i wrote this everybody read it dude it's <laughs> there's the security stuff is yeah. pretty tight but no you're the only one out there you know, and no, it's not, it's not like it's the same thing. Yeah. You, you have to do basically different iterations of it. And there's different things. So you're, cause you're, you're, you know, writing about the security of the situation. You're writing about the environment. You're writing about how you got there. You're writing about wow. the person, the, the actual Intel that you received. Oh, and then by the way, you've got to talk about the, how that, the, the asset, the, the person you met with, how did they react? You know, what's their state of mind? You got to do an assessment on them. And then you've got to like, there's all these other follow on, you know, iterations. So it's a lot, it's a lot of paperwork. Wow. Um, and so I, I felt like I was getting carpal tunnel, (laughs) (laughs) but, 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 you know, and it's one of those things where like, you really have to they would talk about Intel and what makes intelligence intelligence. And it's something that it's, you know, it's, it's perishable, right? And it's, it's something that we need. And you have to basically keep going back to our national intelligence priority objectives and, you know, keeping that in mind because you can get really bogged down real fast. And there's a lot of low hanging fruit out there. And was, like I said before, there's people out there looking to find you to tell you their agenda, what they want. And I think it's, Without good mentorship, which fortunately I had, you can get really sort of trapped in this. You're not really you're not really pushing the envelope. You're not you're not moving the dial. Right. It, you don't really need to interview or talk to that BBC re- reporter, yeah. right? He doesn't really have access, right? Because whatever he's telling you is already it's already on it's already on the ticker tape, right? right? We're talking about insider insider stuff, the stuff that people don't want to tell you. And that's harder to get to. That takes time. And, you know, I think something that we've, you know, I keep bringing back Afghanistan, but we look at these cultures that, you know, our vision of what something is as long-term doesn't even compare, right? Yeah. And, and so, you know, we look at our po- politics and our four years that someone's in office and how it feels like you're not getting anything done I mean, I, you have this sort of the same issue in in intelligence in the intelligence field because you've got people only on two, two, three, 
three year stints. Mm -hmm. And so how does that work? I mean, the handoffs, yes, it can work, but you're still breaking contact. You're still like that, that trust. It's really hard to take someone that you've been developing for that long and then say, Oh, bye, I'm leaving. Here's my friend. Hope it goes well. Right. Right. And there's ways to mitigate that. And and that happens, but it's, it's sometimes a little, it's frustrating, right? Are you allowed to still keep relationships with those people that you would have formed relationships with? It depends. I mean, obviously not if you're out, but, um, um, but if you're still in there, sometimes will be situations where that person will only talk to that person. So they have to like fly in and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I just tried to think of it as, you know, we, 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 that sort of the intelligence field, the, the intelligence business, there has to be some risk and, and we have to be willing to not keep someone there forever, but to maybe, you know, maybe consider what the downside is to moving people so quickly. Yeah. Do you, and I mean, you can blow this question off if you want to, like, do you feel like we've, we've lost our stomach in America right now for what's really necessary for good human. Like, are we, re- uh, I can't, I can't speak to right this second, but when I was in, I had, I had days where I thought like that. I just feel like it's so easy to rely on the technology side now. And I don't, yeah, again, of like my knowledge is, is books and movies and television and Homeland, right? Like you, so you understand these questions at a different level than even I do asking them, but I'm just like, I, I just, when you understand interpersonal relationships, though, there's something different to sitting there across from that person Absolutely. that you just can't you get any other way. We can't way. live without it. It's one of those things that, yes, tech is great. It's a tool. There's other forms of in, intel gathering that's very important, but it, none, of them, none of them works in isolation. You really have to have the boots on the ground yeah. in yeah. certain situations. And, but yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I mean... The, the the sir the 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 collection that you get from you know recording a a, a phone conversation or something like that is valuable mm-hmm. but but people talk different when you can see the face and make eye contact and yeah absolutely. body language and, and, and there's things that sometimes you need people to do that you can't do just by saying oh well we got you yeah. <laughs> got you on tape here you right. know i mean you you actually yeah. need to 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 negotiate with them Right. It's like when I'm in line for Chipotle and they put rice on and I'm like, I make eye contact. I'm like, more rice. And I don't know <laughs> what to say it. That struggle is real. <laughs> uh, it's normally more with the sour cream where I'm like, can I have an adult size portion of yeah. sour cream, please? Yeah. But uh, so I, it's, it's the same. It's, a, it, you it's, know, the, yeah, it's, it's the exact same thing. I, I understand. <laughs> so awesome. you're in Africa. You're, you live in the spy life. You're loving the unpredictability. Yes. Um, I can't believe we've made it this far in the podcast and not talked about Java, but Java is there with Java you at this there. time. Yeah. Um, Java is a big part of that. So fill everybody uh, like oh, Java yeah. is integral to the Go Ruck story. It is. So when I got that first envelope, I actually met up with this, um, gorgeous case officer who had just gotten back from there. She was awesome and really really helped me sort of picture like what this was going to be like. And she was like, you need a dog and not just any dog. You know, she had a uh, Rottweiler there. She's like, you need a dog that looks scary because mm. you're going to be <laughs> well, that's just single white woman. <laughs> I know single white woman in Africa. And it is not for the faint of heart, sweetheart. Mm. And I was like, mm, okay. You know, I was a little bit like, well, this is, I mean, here I am I'm like 26 and I'm thinking, 
I, I don't really know what I'm getting into. <laughs> but she, she, I mean, she was awesome. Like both her parents were astronauts. I mean, she was like, she wasn't messing around. So she helped me a lot and I took that to heart. I was like, I need a dog. So I told Jason and you know, Jason's always been like part dog. I always had cats growing up and wasn't that into dogs. And he, he'll tell you that he, he uh, converted me to a dog person, which he did. I give him all the credit for that. So I, I told him I needed a dog and he was all for this, but I was like looking at Rottweilers and I'm looking at all these dogs and I was like, I don't think this is my speed. Like, I think I need something maybe looks tough, but but as a sweetheart, it's right. like, and I was just, you know, new dog owner here. So I found Java. He was on this tiny little farm outside of um, James Madison University in Virginia. Drove down with Jason's cousins at the time to, to pick him up. And, you know, he was just like a little butterball chocolate lab English. Wow. And this you know, is the most approachable dog I've ever seen in my life. So like struck fear in the hearts of no one. No, no, no. I'll tell you. He did. Did he really? Yes, he did. So I'll get there. So we get get baby Java and, um, you know, we Jason had had uh, yellow labs growing up in my <laughs> I guess my family did. I wasn't like I was like, I am not a dog person <laughs> at the time. We had black labs. Um, so we compromised on the chocolate. And so he he I traveled with him there. He flew um, first class. Wow. <laughs> he went to the lounge nice. in Chal uh, de Gaulle. <laughs> and uh, he I know. Did all the paperwork for him and got him there. And he did strike fear in the hearts he of really? the Africans and like, the people in Africa. Like, he, man, they would, we, it was like the parting of the Red Sea when I walk with him wow. down, um, down the road. Did you have to get him training or like you knew how to train him or how did No and no. <laughs> I mean, this is like, so, uh, so uh, we were talking before the podcast, like I found, and I still can't place exactly how I found Go Ruck really, really early, mm -hmm. like in the Go Ruck story. So the, the latest I could, the earliest I could peg it to was the article ITS Tactical wrote, which was like 2011. So early on, but so all of like all, every picture of Java in my head is like, you know, him driving around with Jason, you know, rock and Ray bands. Like, I mean, it's, <laughs> he's just a lab, like labs are just lovable. Yeah. So the idea that anybody's like, let me get out of this dog's way. Well, he was big, yeah, big head. And, you know, there are certain cultures that where the dog is sort of a, a menacing sort mm. of character and it doesn't really need to be, I mean, unless it's like, you know, a little miniature poodle or something like they are all scared of them i mean the dogs in and where i was in africa were mostly used as guard dogs and i mean and and java was really protective of me too and he sort of kind of assumed this role plus you've got a lot of people glaring at him and right. i mean i had guys come up to me and say i want to eat him you know i mean there's horror stories of um you know sort of people living overseas as diplomat the diplomatic lifestyle where their dogs are thrown meat that's poisoned you know, I mean, Jeez. just lots of lots of weird stuff. But, you know, Java, Java went with me to every one of my car meetings, which is was basically my office as I didn't really like to go into scummy hotel rooms with old men <laughs> if I could help yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I tried to avoid that. That was a good call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I couldn't. But um, I brought Java with me. And man, I mean, you're having to do some pretty uncomfortable things sometimes. I mean, you're having to sometimes tell someone who's been working for us for a long time that you're no longer going to be paying them anymore and that their services are no longer needed. And, and, you know, it's, that's not a great position to be in right. given that, you know, sometimes this is the person's main source of, it shouldn't be, but sometimes it becomes that uh, if they've lost their access and their job. 
So it's pretty a, des- a desperate situation. So having him there, I mean, that he was my bodyguard. Yeah. And so uh, he, I got, you know, he, he and I got really close, but, you know, Jason, Jason just speaks dog. Like he, he just sees a dog and <laughs> he gets them, they get him. So Java, like basically kind of imprinted on him, even though he had, he had had much less time on mm-hmm. target with him. So that was, that was that whole sort of the, the really devastating part yeah. of our story was uh-huh. that I ended up, you know, not willingly, but giving him Java, even though I was like, he's technically mine. Yeah. You know, I bought him, I took him to Africa. He was, you know, the first three years of his life were with me or, or more, but it, um, yeah, it, it, that was hard, but I, I tell people that I don't think we'd be back together again today if I hadn't done that. I was going to ask that question. I'm like, if there was, if that anchor point wasn't there. So you, you guys are in, uh, so we skipped ahead a little bit there. Spoiler alert. Um, everything works out fine, guys. It works out <laughs> fine. Um, but yeah. so you, you're there, you live in Spy Life, you're loving it. Jason's getting close to separating yes. and comes to visit. And this is the legit Goruck origin yes. story, that, that visit, right? So you're loving all this unpredictability. Yeah. And, Jason shows up in full Green Beret SF mode and is looking around, and he is not loving this no. unpredictability. No, he was less so comfortable. He didn't really know what you were doing, per se, or he did? He No, he did. Oh, okay. He did. He was the only person in my, like, outside of the work life that gotcha. did. Because um, I didn't end up telling my family until years after I, I was out. Um, the Yes, yeah, so and he wasn't the only one. Like, I... In the position that I was, I was given a lot of responsibility very quickly. It was, um, and this was actually kind of by design. I remember asking one of my mentors during the training, I said, hey, if you could do it all over again, how would you do it? And he was like, small station in Africa, you will get to do everything and you will learn everything. And yeah, sure, you know, like you were talking about, you'll be a known quantity, but at some point, everyone's a known quantity. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you're 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 only fresh, <laughs> only fresh for so long, and and at that point, it's just about your reputation, and are you you know are does it precede you? Do you have a good hall file sort of thing? So he told me that, and I was like, mm, that sounds that sounds like what I want to do. So I was lucky to get that, and then you know, sure enough, I'm a month month in, fresh fresh out of training, and my boss is like, Sayonara, I'm going vacation for a while. I'm acting. I'm acting. That's wow. like for the entire sort of, Gosh. and I'm like, I'm going to get some professional liability insurance. <laughs> 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 no, but seriously. So at that, at that point that happened several times yeah. where I was in charge. And so when that happens, your office, uh, your, at the, at that time I was the director of national intelligence representative on the ground. So anybody coming through that needed an Intel briefing came to me. Mm. I mean, we're talking generals. We're talking, you know, all sorts of types coming through congressmen, depending on like what their access needed. And uh, I had I had some some military folks that had just come from I- Iraq and they were like, man, this place is freaking me out. It's just because, you know, it's different, right? It, it, Iraq was ostensibly more of a threat, right? right? Because you've got people actually wanting to actively kill Americans and, yeah. you know, you're at war. But you also have these, you know, at that point, very, you know, uh, 
delineated zones, you know, where, and, and, and my colleagues that ended up doing a tour there, they said it was like a minimal security prison sort of situation. Like you went from your, your hooch to your, your workstation and back again, you know, mm-hmm. and, and maybe you stopped in the gym at some point, you know, there was only a few stops. Whereas they, I get into country and they're like, here's your keys. <laughs> um, Go wherever you need to go. And I would, you know, I just roamed the country, met with rebels, went to Liberia, you know, just. Like, this is just in you, though, right? Like, didn't you catch a bunch of crap in Ecuador for going for a run? yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, here, like I just want to know what's out there. Yeah, so yeah. like she, she's in country in Ecuador for this mission trip, and then just like pieces out to go to go run. You didn't <laughs> tell anybody, day, right? Day. Like, just, no, I did. I was like, I'm going for a run, and they were like, all like, no, 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 you shouldn't do it. It's dangerous. And I'm like, we're, I'm not living. <laughs> I'm not living here for a year and not going outside my own house, guys. Uh, like, what? What do you want me to do? Wait for them to roll out the red carpet? Yeah. <laughs> so I want to go, go see what's out there. This isn't something the CIA like built into you at the farm. Like, this is in you. You know, Jason and I were talking about this the other day because someone had said, oh, I bet your military and agency training has really made you like more disciplined. And I was like, <laughs> no, I was like, no, actually, I think those places sharpened mm. the the skills that he and I had and maybe gave us names for them. You yeah. know, we didn't know what we were doing or call, you know, what to call it. But but. If the recruitment is done properly, they should be getting that type of person, right? They should be getting the type of um, person that's going to become like a, a sharper Green Beret or a better right. case officer. Yeah. 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 So Jason gets there. He looks around and realizes, forget the super secret squirrel stuff that you're doing. You could just be out for coffee. And uh, this government here, well, it's gone before you can get home. Yeah. <laughs> that's That's where his head's at. Yeah, I mean, and not to knock sort of the the State Department's like security arm, but they've they're doing all you know they're busy and they don't you know. Let me just say this: like, there's no cavalry coming. <laughs> this is something Jeez. you learn, and and like you it, normally you would um, not normally, but in certain cases you have like a much bigger station where there's a lot more people, and but it was me, and wow. then sometimes there was a boss mm-hmm. who does other things, and then. You know, sometimes you're lucky to have an admin person, yeah. but it's pretty small. So like I was just doing this stuff on my own and sometimes I was the only one there and, you know, repping um, the agency and that, yes. Yeah, so I had gotten my briefing and I, you know, I I have pretty good common sense, but I'm also um, didn't have that military training mindset at that time. So Jason came in, and like you said, he rolled up and he was like, this is not safe you you can you need to actually have a go bag in your in your you know your car and and then you need to have one in the house and i was like hmm that's actually that's actually pretty practical you know because there were i mean there were times i I'd, I'd show up at my house and there was just a huge riot like wow cuz i lived across the street from a former president and so you know you just ha- you just don't know and i remember just i'm going to drive away yeah <laughs> wait and i that i remember i called the um the RSO on duty. And he was like, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> I was like, I'm never calling you again. <laughs> I was like, and that, that's like when I was like, I got to have my own, I got to have my own exit plan. Yeah. yeah. So. so that was kind of a throwaway line for you, but that was a big one. He decided you needed a go bag, but he didn't call it a go bag, did he? No, he called it a go rug. He called it a go rug. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So he made me one and I thought it was, pretty smart and then 
some other people saw it and they said, can you make us one? And so that kind of, you know, he did that for a few more people. And I, at that point I was like, Hey, this is, this seems like something you could do. You know, I was just at that point, it was just complete pie in the sky. So he was like, yeah. And I remember him showing me in this little, um, this in the house that I was living there in this little, um, side room, he opened up his, one of his government issued backpacks. And I'd never seen a backpack like this before. I mean, it complete clamshell opens flat because it was like a medic, mm -hmm. a medic bag, all these pockets, you know, different sort of zippers. So, you know, where things are, I mean, just like nerding out on the organizational ca capability, lots, you know, lots of straps, lots of Molly, lots of, um, things. And so I think it was actually a London fog. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. bag yeah um so i was like wow this is a really cool bag and he was like yeah they, they give us the nicest stuff and you know after that the sort of the idea of goruck was supposed to be part of his transition you know like right. something to do because they're like the idea was that he was going to get out he was going to join me we would be a tandem couple and you know, but that's, we know that the, the, the process was going to take at least a year, maybe yeah. more. So he cannot sit idle. <laughs> so it, uh, that's where it was like, well, maybe you could try this and see where it yeah. goes. So, it, you know, never really, we didn't talk about a business. We definitely didn't talk about it being a fitness or community business, but it, 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 it was born, it was born in West Africa. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and this whole time you guys are married, but have you guys lived in the same place at the same time for any significant amount of time? Sorry, no, no, no. Just at that point, R and R's. Yeah. You know, when they coincided, which was tough because that, you know, uh, you know, if he's deployed, he's deployed. Yeah. There's no, you don't come yeah. back unless like, you know, someone dies. Um, and you know, that's, that's really rare. Um, to be able to, to move. And he was, I think his was like a eight month deployment. And then uh, for me, I had the complicated part of like being acting a lot of the time and like, you can't leave when yeah. that's happening. So I had to, you know, we, we had, we had like a few weeks here and there, you know, where we were um, intersecting, but you know, I think from a relationship standpoint, I think you can do anything for like a year. And then after that, I think there's diminishing returns. <laughs> yes. So so he's about to separate. Yeah. Which is a struggle in and of itself, especially coming out of SF. Like it's just he didn't. It's want just to a different. It. It's just a different. different he didn't thing, want right, to for those guys. It was tough for him. I mean, he knew he wanted to do this other thing, but it was really yeah difficult. And so we stack the difficulty of that transition onto now. You guys have to figure out <laughs> like actual married yeah. life and this does not go, does it go well. well no no it does not um you know so at that point we've we've spent like almost four years married but apart and you know he's had a successful run in sf and it's just left meanwhile i'm having a successful run and sort of this whole plan of i'm going to take a step back for him to come up it's not flying. Right. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, I'm actually like in line to be promoted and <laughs> I'm, you know, and it just, we got into this power struggle. You know, Jason is, is an alpha. <laughs> if you haven't picked up on that. And, um, you know, I'm not really a whatever girl. <laughs> so it was 
crashing, crashing and burning pretty hard. And I was, I was like, I was mad at him in a dumb way because I wanted to have, you know, I, at that point I was like, I wanted to have kids, you know, I wanted a family life. I, you know, I was resentful of, of some, Jason can be really tight with money sometimes. And I think it's actually a mostly good quality because I'm not, (laughs) it's helpful, but he, you know, there were some times where I felt like we cut corners on a relationship when we, we could not afford to. Mm. Right. And I'm talking about like, you know, splurging to get the, the, the computers with a camera, <laughs> you know, right. yeah. when we're, this is the only way we communicate. And yeah. I, I don't know what it was. Oh, actually I do know what it was. So at that point in time, I basically made the mistake of not complaining to him about anything. Mm. I was, I was told by a lot of people and I'm going to say this now and I love the people that gave me this advice, but I do not love the advice. If someone's at war that does not mean they get a, a free pass to not deal with anything mm. or everything. And I, I know this probably doesn't work for any, everybody, but you know, you can't just put your relationship on hold. You actually have to talk about what's bothering you. And, and in some cases, some of the things that were bothering me at the time were big. Yeah. They were yeah. big. I'm talking anything from like, I was not happy with where they were going at one point, how they were going to send me out with my cover. I was really like stressed about it for right. several weeks I, I did not like that situation at all. And I was fighting really hard against it. And I couldn't really express it to him or talk to him about it. And then then there was, you know, I had I had a stalker situation in my training, which was difficult. And, you know, it, again, you're sort of under this cloak of secrecy. You can't really complain. You're in you're on this probationary sort of status. And that was super uncomfortable. Yeah. And in the end, you know, I ended up sorting it out myself. Um, just, <laughs> I have, I found a way, but it was, it was pushed me to an edge and I don't like that, you know? And so, you know, there was these things that were like degrading our relationship, but we didn't even know about. Yeah, yeah. And so when we got together at that point, you know, here he is feeling down because he's just left his team and right. doesn't know what he's supposed to do. And the embassy offered him a janitor position and, and like, he's like, what the hell, you yeah. know? And, you know, we're trying to make this work, but it's just, it's not going well. So we, we ended up sort of separating from yeah. each other. I'm, I extended to stay an extra year on, on, in country. And at that point he, he moved back to the States and was trying to pick up the pieces of his life and going to grad school and, you know, had, had some, you know, good things go his way, but you know, at the, at the time it was just misery. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship that's crashing and burning it's there's nothing worse really. well and it's not like as i so i've been again i actually did some show prep this time for for the first time so if this is the best episode maybe we do that some more <laughs> sure probably, probably not though i did probably zero but so i've been reading through jason uh published a book last year how not to start a backpack company which i freaking love the title and, and most of it's just his journal from the yeah. summer around this time which like I that's, found. that's uh, yeah mm-hmm. i saw that he's like well i found my journal but then he owns up to it. he's like well emily found it first but, i did i found uh, it i was looking for the photo of of java in the goruck truck with the um the buffalo mm-hmm. or the bison in the back because I wanted to put it on a Christmas card. Yeah. And so he was like, I'm going to bed. Here's my phone. You can look for it. So I couldn't find it anywhere in his photos. And then so I'm searching in his email and it, this whole journal. I mean, I, and it was one of those things I like opened it and I'm like, 
oh my gosh, I don't even know if I want to read this. But of course I read it. <laughs> well, and it's funny to me that he, like you're, you're just reading his journal and it's just funny to me that he writes to himself like he writes everywhere yeah. else. Like everything I've ever read on the website. Every, he didn't, he'd that's forgotten just he'd written it. That, I mean, he'd wow. forgotten. but so I'm looking through that and there's a lot of pictures, which I really appreciate. Thank you, Jason, for, <laughs> for it not being all words. But I saw one while he was working on his MBA where he's actually like in a dress shirt and tie. And so like I've been seeing pictures of Jason for like a decade in basically go rock shirts and sandals <laughs> and, you know, Ray-Bans or whatever. And so I'm like, who is this? Who is this person? Also, I don't feel like he ages, but that's probably <laughs> a conversation for now. I'm like, when are you going to get older, I know, dude? I know. Um, yeah. But so he, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here. My read coming through the book is kind of like could deal with all this and, and work through it or could bury himself in school and go ruck. And so he buried himself in school and go ruck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But this whole time, like you guys, like your friend, like there's We're a, friends. there's an underlying friendship, right? Yeah. And there's love. And then there's Java. Yes. So all throughout this Java is still that like touchstone mm-hmm. for both of you. Yeah, yeah. He's your dog. I mean, I, especially without Jason in the room, we'll side with you on the South Seven Podcast. Oh, your dog. Was my dog. I, yeah, I'm. You said you picked him up. You brought him over. He was with I you. Him. Yeah. Did, I, I, I don't mean, know. You you kind of hinted that he took them and then the separation. But I'm 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 confused by that. He yeah. was mine. He's your for dog. Sure. Yeah. No. Unless or until Jason walks in the room, we're very much on your side Thanks. in this. Thanks. You should have done the thing where <laughs> I'm both very comfortable you, right now. You stand with the dog in between you guys, and then you run opposite directions. Well, and whoever the dog see, that's f- the problem. That was where the problem was. Mm. Is that. You know, Java loved me mm-hmm. and protected me, but like Jay, like Jason's, like I said, he's this dog whisperer. Oh, okay. So, so he's the alpha. Well, the dog picks up on the alphaness. Totally. Is like, I gotta listen Java, to him. like they were, they were like tight, and I was ah. always like a little. You know, you, yeah, you've yeah. seen this in relationships yeah. where the couple or someone will be like, "Man, that dog just loves <laughs> loves the other person. I don't know why." Like they, you know, they pick yes. a master or yeah. whatever. So. Yeah, that that was troublesome. So uh, the book, Josh, so it's his journal entries, right? But then he'll sprinkle in email correspondence between him and Emily. And so there's one that stuck out. I was reading this last night. Um, Like him saying to you, like, if we try and decide who's going to get Java and it ends up being you and you're the one who decides that, I'll never be able to forgive you. Oh, my gosh. And And he's like, and I think we need to just let somebody else decide. So it's funny. Like, I didn't get what he was saying. Like, I'm thinking a neutral party. Like, Josh, you decide who gets the dog. But then when I read your response, like, no, he's like, no, we're going to let the court decide. Oh, yeah. And you were hurt. I was hurt, man. I'm reading the whole thing, and I'm like, oh, wow. I'm so was... angry. <laughs> because you I'm guys so had decided upset. you were going to kind of work it out. And he's just like, we, we can't. How long ago was this? How many years ago? What year? 2011? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 2010. So, 2010. Okay. Yeah, it's like the whole uh, the whole kind of story arc in there, except for the stuff at the end and a little bit at the beginning, is just his journal of this summer. Yeah, the summer is too. Of like, you guys are apart, and he's literally just traveling the con- traveling the country, trying. To, he's working on his MBA from the road. Yeah. Which is like, I feel um, like, um, and this might get creepy. I just feel like my wife and I need to be best friends with you guys. Um, <laughs> a, she's done a ton of missions work. She did her MBA. She's uh, a CPA, CFO. She's amazing. She's smarter than me. It's super annoying. Um, but she did her MBA from the mission field. Really? She's great. So she was. Where was she? Where was she? She was in. 
I think Africa when she was working on that. Really? She's been all over, but she did. She was in South Africa and kind of that area for it. She did like a whole, like a solid. She did mostly short term stuff, months, but she did like a whole year with what was then Book of Hope is now One Hope. Oh, nice. Um, down down there working with them. It was funny when we started dating because my mom's like, I'm gonna end up. Um, with an African grandchild, aren't I? Cause she's just like convinced we're yeah, going to, we're going to yeah. adopt. I'm like, I, maybe, I, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, but so I'm like, Jade finished her MBA on the road too. And clearly we're That's all awesome. supposed, I love dogs. We, we should all be friends. <clears throat> but so like, he's just driving around the country with, with Java trying to make go work. Yeah. Like slinging bags out of the, Dude. Uh, he, I mean, the, the so he built so he built this bag because of course Jason never does anything the easy way. He was like, "All right, with this go ruck thing, we're going to build our own bag. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be like the ones that I was issued, but they're actually going to be cooler. You could, you, you know, it's not going to look so tactical. Sure. It's going to be like, you know, you can use it in Iraq, but also it would work in New York. That was sort of the tagline. That's at the cool. Time. And he, you know, took two years, but. Came up with GR1, which is like signature cult classic. But at the time, no one wanted it. It was, you know, 395 built in America. And everyone's like, yeah, the backpack market is pretty saturated. So this Jansport was 15 at Walmart. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> so, yeah. So his idea was that with, you know, small team of, of friends that they were going to just summer of go rock drive around to like these boutique you know men's stores and hope try to get it in there mm -hmm. so they you know had a list of like boutique men's stores from j jq and gq and that was that was his summer i wasn't really Im involved with that except for you know kind of watching from afar and you kind of pitched the idea though right you said that earlier. You're like, you should make this a thing. Oh, oh, with the actual, with building the rock. Yeah, yeah with yeah. the go rock thing. Yeah, but the the summer go rock was something that he he decided because no one knew about it and this was like a way to get out there. But it, it, he sold zero bags, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> that time. It was, it was a disaster. That's a shame. But it ended up being sort of poetic, <laughs> you know? Gosh. Well, it's funny, like... Uh, you, you know, like I'm not on the inside, but I've just, I've, I didn't realize how much of the story I had been watching yeah. and reading and whatever. Yeah. So, so now that I'm reading the book, I'm like stressing out, seeing, the, seeing the backside of it. <clears throat> and it's weird looking at where you guys are at now. I'm like, I'm not, some people are punk about go ruck. Some people are like, you know, I was in it when I'm so mad that I don't have one of the tough mutter patches. I'm oh. so mad at myself for that. Um, I have one, but I do, <laughs> I get a little punk now when I'm like, Cause I, I could name the GR one, the GR two, the echo and the radio. And now I can't name every product and it ticks me <laughs> off. I'm like I used to, now had, I, I feel like a fake fan. Now. Three, three rucks and a hat, three bags and a hat. That's yes. what we had. The, uh, now and I, in the, in the website at the beginning, you couldn't even accept payment. You had to like email Jason and then he'd yes. like send you an invoice. That's I funny. didn't get in quite that early. I'm trying to remember when I ordered my first rock. I found you guys in 2011. I might have ordered my GR two. It might've been 2012. I, I registered, a year out for a then challenge in Orlando. I'm like, I think I can be ready for this in a year. I totally wussed out. It's why I don't have oh, really? a Tough Mudder patch. Oh, no. I, and I probably need to slide you guys some cash while I'm here because I definitely use my registration discount code to buy my GR2. That was a hefty discount. That's so okay. I owe you guys some money because then I'm like, I just, I, I, yeah, I totally, right. I totally, totally wussed out on it. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a, a cool time watching watching you guys grow. Right. But so Jason's doing that. Things kind of still like relationship wise, just kind of it. 
It just ends. It just ends. So, and and me giving him Java was sort of like the end, right? I was like. I can't imagine that. If I had to give Kuma to Kira and like walk away, oh my gosh, pull the plug, doc, I'm out. I was, (laughs) dude, I, yeah, I was, I was pretty broken up about it. Jeez. but, But at the same time, I was like, I can't, we can't keep going back and forth about this. And I knew, I know deep down, I knew that Java loved him would like mm. a little more, you know? And so I, I said, hey, I think you need him more than I do. Here you go. Wow. And that was really hard. And I was really mad at him for yeah. a while. Did you have to fly with Java to the States or did he come pick up? So at that point I was back in the States. Okay. I was, li- I lived in a hotel for about eight months. Wow. Not that cool. No. <laughs> it starts out being cool and then yeah. it's not. And then I was planning, I was supposed to go um, be posted to Brazil. So that's when I took eight months of Portuguese. Um, and that's, you know, before I left for Brazil, I was, because I was actually planning, I was like, I'm taking him to Brazil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and he was like, no, you're not. You know, we were at this impasse there. So yeah, I ended up going to Brazil, lived there for three years. Wow. And you know, kept wanting to replace Java, but just never, never really could. Man. And, but I ended up moving back and those are like, you know, skipping over all those stories. Let's say there's a lot there's a there, lot but there. no, we, we can... go there. It's out there. It's out there. <laughs> so, um, moved back and, you know, I was in transition and I basically, you know, this is the sort of relationship that you have if you're friends first, you know, I reached out to Jason. I was like, Hey, I'm in between things. I need a soft landing in terms of job stuff. Do you have any part-time work I can do with, you know, this little company we started? <laughs> so, and at that point, you know, Gorok's, Gorok's a, a thing, but it's not, you know, it's it's not like, it's not like, uh, you know, where it is today, right. you know? It's 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 actually something, something's happening, but it's still like kind of Wild West days. Were you involved with any of Gorok while you were in Brazil? Like, did you still communicate in that aspect? Yeah, like very, like, I always stayed, like, kind of had a foot in, you know? I mean, so a lot of the things that, you know, a lot of the things that we did, we tried, like, were, um, Jason would run by me, you know? He'd say, like, when he was doing the challenge, like, I did the third one ever. I helped plan the route for the first one. That's cool. Um, you know, this, this, you know, always kind of keeping keeping in touch a little bit, and no. then can I yeah, check yeah, my yeah, GoRuck sure. history real quick? Because yeah. I've told this story a lot. I was botching the piece where it's. I knew somewhere in my head that it started with him building you a go bag, yeah. and I had forgotten it. So uh, the way I was telling the story was like he got back, and he, you know, he just wanted to make gear that would would hold up for his buddies who were still in theater, but also you could wear on the subway. And I left you out of it entirely. I'm sorry. Uh, but so then the way I I tell kind of where you guys pivoted and ended up was like. He, the guys just took rucks and kind of went and did the tough mutter thing, mm-hmm. kind of as R and D for them and to to build a rep and and so or a rep and so that's like there was some aspect at one point before the challenge started. Yeah, were you guys doing like little like go ruck side events at tough mutters too, right? Or do I have that wrong? Did I make that up in my head? No, 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 no. You're you're not completely off. But but what actually happened is that Jason decided for the first ever tough mutter in Pennsylvania that they were going to have like an all like green beret team with bricks in the bag, just show how tough the bag was. And, you know, they ended up having like, you know, awesome time camped out, like stories galore, you know, messing around and ended up kind of, you know, becoming sort of an it, you know, since a little bit of a buzz from there, from then 
from 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 there, he met with um, Tough Mudder CEO Will Dean, and Will Dean was like, "Hey, I want you to basically run little mini fight clubs to get people excited about going to Tough Mudder. We'll have a partnership." So at that point, you know, Jason was like, "Oh, okay." So that was the first challenge. Yeah, that was first challenge. Sorry, the the first challenge in San Francisco. Jason contacted me about that and told me about it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, cool. You know, do this, do that, whatever." And then he came. Back, he told me about the second one was going to be in DC, and I helped him to actually. We walked the route beforehand with Java, and um, and I actually watched Java that night. When I mean, there were four people that showed up for that event. Gosh. There were more out in San Francisco. Yeah, like you know, maybe just under twenty or something. And then I was like, "Well, I'm going to do the. I'm going to do this because in part, I mean, me. I was like, I just want to be. I just want to show him that I can do this mm. thing that he's doing. Thinks it's so hard, you know." <laughs> And I thought at the time I'd be the first female, but there was a female on the the, the uh, San Francisco class, but I don't care. I'm first sec- on the I'm East a, Coast. Yeah, I'm the second female yes. ever to do it. So I went, so the like November, like mid-November, there were two, because there were, at that point, it's starting to become this underground thing, right? Because right. there's no no details forthcoming, just show up on the street corner at 1 a.m. This is the event, you know, wow. a, a special forces guy is going to lead you on an adventure, a team building event. Um and so, uh, you know, I have a little inside track, but not much. Yeah. And so I ended up doing that first event in New York, the class three. And it was fun. I, I told him, I told him later, I was like, eh, it was very hard well, <laughs> you know, but and, just to do that. But it was cold. Yeah. And it was awesome. And then there was another class that night. Uh, sorry, the next day. Um, so that at that point, there were several of those, the, the dual branded patch, the Tough Mudder. Yes. We call it the flame patch. And I think there were about 50 of those. And then at that point, Jason's realizing he's running all these. Yeah. And then he starts recruiting, saying, I, I, I'm, I got to get some people to help me out. So he recruits a couple friends, but a bunch of uh, a couple other Green Berets. And at that point, he realized it's, it's, um, there's something there. Right. And that's where it really, I mean, it's, you guys aren't, like I wouldn't say GoRec is a gear company. Like when you guys talk about in internally, you're a company that sells gear, three right? Per, but three percent not... of our business is our events. Is it three? That being said, it's a very important three percent. You know? Gosh. But that's I would have guessed so much more. Events business is not yeah. I mean, people this happens a lot where people are like, I can do that. I'm gonna <laughs> it's like you're picking the wrong side of the business, yeah. but, but the, um, it's really important though. Yeah. You know, people, the people are, are, are what we continue to put for first, yeah. you know? Well, I, like, I don't want to go all, all Gary V on, on anybody ever, but it is, I wouldn't say you're an event company either, but you guys are a people like the community is go rock. Yeah. And I feel like the challenge is what initially drew me to it. I'm like, I want to know if I can do that. Yeah. Uh, when I read about it, but then it's the community is what you stick around for. Like I talk about this just like with camping and hiking. Like if you're a couple miles into the woods and you've like, and there's no pavement and it's not a bike trail and a bathroom, a real bathroom is pretty far away. You're probably not going to meet anybody who sucks. Like you're probably just not. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take a step farther. I'm, I'm not trying to make this religious, but it's ministry in a lot of ways. I mean, think about what we're, I mean, when you think about like this last weekend, 9-11, you know, remembering, honoring the fallen, you know, and, you know, how that we are now in this, you know, very 
sensitive space talking about veteran suicide and suicide in general. I mean, these are, these are, and, and, and then with the things in Afghanistan, like I remember going to Jason and I say, Hey, we need to, we need to start talking about this. We need to talk to our cadre. We need to get some podcasts going. We need to write about this. We need to do some stuff. And it's like, if we're not talking about that, who is right. Yeah, and, right. and so this is, there, there's a real calling. And you know, when I, what I see when I do events is I see people that have found something to connect with and they've, they're finding either about themselves or they're, you know, finding ways that they can commute, you know, reconnect with their community, get to know with, get to know others. And, and this is really, we saw this last year, right? While the whole world wanted to shudder and be inside and isolate, you know how many, we ran 700 events. Wow. And we took some, we took some flack for it. And I, I, mean, I outdoors, like, right. come on, shut but up. The, you know, so at the time we didn't, no one knew at the very beginning. Sure, right? right. So right. We, we shut down too. We shut down from mid March to early May. Sure. Yeah. Or to end, end of May. And then at some point, you know, and good on cadre, Dan, he was like, we got to get back out there. And, and Jason and I were like, he's right. And you know, people, people need this. Yeah. yeah. And we heard that time and time again. And frankly, I think, you know, I, I will go head to head with anybody that wants to say otherwise that, you know, we had zero cases of transmitted COVID from, from all those events we ran. And I think we had a lot, lot more sort of, you know, grounded people Yeah, and people able to say, gosh, you know, and listen, this is not, this is not about one side or the other. Sure. You know, I, I've, I've got my vaccine. I I've wear a mask when I'm asked to. Um, but at the same time, we cannot lose sight of the fact that there are, there are people need people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to get through tough times That's and, good. and doing that through a screen can only take you so far. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we arrived to today, go Rucks, what it is now from mm-hmm. humble beginnings. So what's the, and this is really what I, what I wanted to do with our audience, right? So we're, we're trying to, uh, episode, when did we end up doing that, Josh? When was the life one? Did it ended up being 21. Yeah. So Mike, we call him Mike Redacted on here, which feels extra ridiculous now that we have you on that we call him Mike Redacted. So uh, Mike's Mike's a buddy of mine. He did. He was a cab. He did three combat tours in Iraq. Awesome, just awesome guy. We call him Captain America. He's ridiculously beautiful. It's annoying. <laughs> um, but, so there's uh, there's Goruck and then there's Mike Redacted. Yeah, and these are my and, the, and, and Jade and Jade and my wife uh, and my kids. And then <laughs> so those are all my great loves. Uh, oh. But so Mike, he's he's active duty law enforcement in Central Florida now. We're just like if you're on the pod and we talk about something that would jam you up at work i'm like i'd feel bad so we call him mike redacted anybody could figure out who mike is if you really wanted to but uh so anyways mike was on and he's done my he didn't do my very first event if you can even call it that i'm rocking the patch today there was a lot of consternation about what patch i was going to wear in here today i wanted without like i didn't want to be the guy wearing the band like the shirt of the band to the concert but i'm like well i gotta establish some go rock street cred so this is how would you it, not wear the band shirt to the concert that's just a thing this is a, a thing it's a vibe it's a man. thing it's, yeah, yeah it's a thing. that's a oh you're a certain kind of person <laughs> oh i don't so, go to concerts you, often i you, you wear it after the concert yeah. oh, okay to yeah. show you when well let me burn this john Mayer shirt that i was going to <laughs> So in April, I, no, you can wear it later. Just yeah, I decided that the play, since I don't have a flame patch, um, it was now. I don't know if you've caught this is OG. This is this is OG OG tack hat. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. this is the real deal. And I went with my kill that five k patch. <laughs> I still wear my kill that five k shirt all the time. Oh, do you? I get the weirdest looks. I'm sure. To they're like, what is that? I'm like, it's a 
you got to tell the whole story. Yeah. You have to tell the whole story. Um, but so I, I say that was my first event. I don't know if you can call. It definitely wasn't like competitive category, but that that was my first was event. Was that the one in Orlando? No, wait, I drove. I can't remember. It was the one at the golf course. Like here. it was the first oh, one. Yeah, the one we ran um, here. It was the only yeah. time I met Big Daddy since I hadn't done a real event. It was the only time I met uh, Mocha, who I love just from that one time. He's I'm great. like, how are you? Uh, you're the nicest guy I've ever met in He's my amazing. life. He's so unassuming. I'm like, you could. He ran stellar events up in New York so, this weekend. Well, the event we're pushing on the podcast here is the the 12 mile star course up here yes. on on the sixth, uh, which we'll talk about. But he's the. I mean, it's a little. I get it, it's a little less involved for those, but he's the cadre for for that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I, I can at least say I've done a Mocha event now. Yes. Uh, once, well, once I do it, we'll see. We'll see if we finish. If we meet the time hack, I want to know what happened. To how you and Jason got back together? Oh, I, we kind of glanced yeah. over that. Didn't oh. I'm like sitting here, like waiting, like I want to know. The well, story. Let, well, let me give you, let me <laughs> yeah. give you a lead in. So then, my first real, real event. I say real event. Um, I still haven't. I, I need to have an honest moment here. I still haven't done a, a challenge. <gasps> what you need to do one? Listen. I do. I do need to do one. You're absolutely right. I do need to do one, but I still haven't done it. But I feel like I kind of did. Now, real, real GRT is going to be like, no, you didn't. I feel like I kind of did because my first actual event, I came up here and I did a light. This is a long lead in. It was Jason's first event as a participant. Yes. That was a crazy class. There's other people that did that event with us that I want to talk to you about, not on the podcast. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> but, but that was. Um, Cadre, Cadre David, a light with him. I feel like, and I had a couple of GRTs that were friends that were with us that came and shadowed. They're like, that was not that a light. A light. Yeah. That was not. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just trying to gray man that thing. I didn't want to be a blue falcon, but I just, I was just trying to come and do my thing. And so I'm walking up with my GR2, which is a great bag, but the wrong thing for a light. You can do it. Doing Tunnel of Love with that thing on uh, your back, I wanted. I, I regretted every decision I've yes. ever made in my life. And I've got my shoes hanging around my neck because he made us take them off. Does, does, so, do you know what Tunnel of Love is? I think you and Mike Redacted explained it. Okay. But I don't rem- if we, really if remember. If there's enough people around Scars, he should experience it right now. But anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so around that time, you guys are back together but not married again yet. Right. So there was, which again, I was fangirling. There was a point. During it, where I ended up underweight with Jason, we had these big tubes filled with these big yes. soft tubes filled with water. Now I'm five eleven. Jason's seven foot eight. He's Jason's tall. What is he at? He's like is six, he four, six three six, six four? four. Yeah. So we're carrying this like soft tube of water. Think like waterbed material, but six inches in diameter. It's slung around his shoulders and mine. Water flows downhill. <laughs> And I'm just sucking it up because I'm like, I get to talk to Jason. And you had just had the baby not I long had, before yeah, that. Yeah, February. So then I'm trying to peace out as I'm talking to him because I'm like, so, you know, how's dad life? Whatever. I'm making small talk. I'm trying to peace. I'm like, well, where are things going with you? You know, so that's you guys are back together, yeah. but not married. So take it. Yeah. So we basically had a baby. That's what brought us back together. Wow. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> the best part of that is he's living at the team house. Um. With a bunch of SF guys. It's just, it just, it's exactly what you think it is and then some. And um, I, I find out, first of all, you know, finding out you're pregnant and you're, you're a single mom and you're not really together with <laughs> is, 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 is not a great place to be. So I, I, I realized I was like, wow, I'm not just hungry. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I figured this out. I'm like, days away from having to take my daughter to Brazil to visit her daddy. 
And I, at the time, she's so little that I have to kind of stay um, with her because it was just a little tenuous at that time, but things have gotten better. But yeah, so I find out and I'm like, oh man, this is, I don't know what to do. So I drive around for a while and then I show up at the team house. Thank goodness it was only Jason there. And I look at him, he's sitting by his desk and Jason is not the friendliest. <laughs> and he, when he's working. Jason, I find you lovely. I don't know what she's talking about, man. Okay. Anyway, so I walk up and I was like, I have something I have to talk to you about. And he was like, okay, what? And I'm, I'm kind of like, well, I'll just scavenger event, you know, making up. And then finally I'm like, I actually have something else to talk to you about. And he was like, and getting annoyed. He's like, what? And I'm like, um, it's, it's going to blow your mind. And he was like, nothing you could say could blow my mind annoyed. <laughs> Literally what he says. I was like, well, I'm pregnant and it's yours. <laughs> and he goes, I think you just blew my mind. <laughs> and then I was like, but the best thing he said, excuse me, the best thing he said was, what do you need from me? But not in a jerk kind of way, in right. a really nice way. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I need you to be nice to me. <laughs> and then I said, oh, and by the way, I'm going to Brazil for six weeks. Talk to you later. See you, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I did not talk to him the whole time I was there. Oh, my wow. God. Did he reach out to you and you just ignored him? Or? No, no, no. Just radio silent. Wow. We were, we were just going to figure it out when we yeah. got back. I was like, well, see you when I get back. Yeah. We'll figure this out. Yeah. So I got back um, with my daughter and that we were like, okay, maybe we should move in together. <laughs> you know? So we, we found a place um, like, you know, early fall. And it was really funny when we had to tell our moms. Because like, you guys are going to go? Well, we invited his mom to lunch with us and she who was like, hey, I just want to tell you I'm getting a new roommate. And he, she was like, oh, okay, who's your roommate? And she who was like, Emily, and then told her. And she was very happy. My mom, I ended up telling her, and she was like, you're a crazy girl. <laughs> that's what she so, said. Now, is that, I mean, that's a bit of a callback. I, I meant to ask this earlier, but so you, like, you did the, the basically mission trip, right? Like, it's fair to call Ecuador a mission trip. Oh, right? yeah, but yeah, like, exactly. Like, the, the path to that, like, did you grow up in church? Were parents, like, particularly, like, strong believers or religious? No. So I'm just wondering if that's playing a factor into this of, like, you know, you're going to hell. <laughs> no, no. My, <laughs> like, that's a tough conversation with mom. <laughs> my, you know, my, yeah. Both my parents grew up in, in sort of religious households. My mom more than uh, my dad. Catholic, mm -hmm. but both of my parents sort of got away from that. Not not in any sort of hardcore way, but just sure. we've had enough. Right. You know, I think that's pretty typical, uh, especially of that generation. But I, I anything religious related, I sought out. Um, I was interested in it. I basically, you know, went. You know, you were talking earlier about going to church with some friends and stuff. Yeah. So I did that when I was in high school, and enjoyed that. And then Georgetown, being Jesuit, was great. Um, I got a good taste there. And then Ecuador really kind of sealed the deal yeah. for me. I, I got baptized there, you know, and um, really started exploring like my yeah. faith. There. I did say before we started, I told Emily before we started recording, I'm like, you are like the best case scenario for like a mission trip commercial. Like <laughs> go on this mission trip. You could end up being this fine. <laughs> you could. You, you don't know, know where this you know, path is going to take you. don't like to put you. those together, right? <laughs> Not good for not good for mission trips. <laughs> no. so. Yeah. So yeah. No. But so at least there's not that drama telling your your parents no, or my, that struggle. Listen, with my it, right? my my mom's great. She's so she always always loved me, and so is and Jason's um, family is super accepting. I mean, it was no no one wanted to see us split up. Yeah. So and even though it was unconventional, it was 
taken mostly as good news. I mean, a baby, a baby is great. Yeah. And a lot of, in this case, it was a wanted baby and you know, he, he wasn't just some random person in my life. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what I had to go through. I was like, well, I do know him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So well, this is good. And like, it's, you know, it's a happy ending, you know, but it's like, you know, reading through Jason's book, like there, it doesn't feel like there was ever a point where he didn't describe you as the love of his life. But all that to say, like this was not it. It reading his take, it didn't seem like the reunion was inevitable, though. No, like it was. It, it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, listen, this was not this was not planned. And and I think, I mean, what you don't see, and this is the the part that gets glossed over when you talk about this stuff, is that you know we struggled those first that first year or so. I mean, it was it was it was hard, yeah. like getting back together with a you know having a baby yeah. situation, working together. It was rough um, at times, but. You know, I, I I think having a base and f- being friends is really helpful. Yeah. Sometimes it can get, it can make things difficult um, in terms of understanding like what's driving things, but but for the most part, it really helped. Um, and then you know we had another surprise where I got pregnant again. You know, figured figured the you work the you, you realize how these things happen. But um, we have now um, Ryan, our youngest. Um, Jack and Ryan, there you That's go. Cool. <laughs> um, and it's been Jack Ryan. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I know. I had to fight hard for that, and then I was like, Did you "Call no. Alec Baldwin and like, hey man, check, <laughs> I check was this like, out. no, I'm gonna yell after them, and it's gonna be Jack Ryan. <laughs> That's fantastic. So uh, it's been awesome. Yeah, like um, Ryan is basically Jason's clone, <laughs> and Jack's mine, and then we have you know wonderful Natalie um, leading things off, and like you know just you know like last night. I was like, why are those kids still up? And I would like march upstairs and they're all in bed together reading a book, you know? And I was like, you know, so it's, it's worked out. Um, We've got great kids. We're really, really fortunate and, you know, lucky to get to do work that we, that we love and we care about. And I I feel like I've seen an unreasonable number of your sons in their un- pictures of your sons in their underwear on the beach. <laughs> That's all they which wear. Which sounds inappropriate unless you follow Jason on social media and then you're like, oh no, I, I yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, Jason works in a different office than me, yeah. you know? <laughs> right. I mean, I still need some space. Yeah. Um, and he does too. But you know, we, um, yeah, we're lucky. We feel lucky to be here at this stage. Yeah. It's awesome. It's a good such story. A, right. Such a cool story. Yeah. Right. And so no, you were going on to the book bag or the rocks. Sorry. And uh, <laughs> my wife and I argue, I always call them book bags. She goes, they're backpacks. I'm like, but who cares? Anyways. Same difference. Um, but yeah, I'm like, like, tell me what happened. To the, did you get you back together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these awesome. these are neither. My almost four year old, his like he walks into preschool uh, with a rucker on. That's his bag. Really? I got him a, a patch, a custom patch with his name. That's that's his school that's bag. Cool. But anytime somebody's like, "Okay, grab your backpack, buddy," like, it's a rock. <laughs> Do not call his bag a so backpack. So cute. Uh, yeah, it's phenomenal. Now my kids call it call it their rock or their rucksack too. It's awesome. They know what's up. But so, which brings us, I feel like, to to the Go Ruck commercial. So we talked about Mike Redacted. He came and did that light with me. He actually, we did that uh, the twenty five mile star course in Tampa. Nice. It feels like longer ago than it was, but I think it was actually like February of of last year. Really? And we were gonna hmm. we were gonna do the fifty. I'm like, it's this is total. I'm like. It's not, there's no welcome party. There's no, I'm like, it's just Starcraft. We'll be fine. And uh, the other two guys did it with me. They're like, bro, we can't, we, we can't. 
I'm so glad we only did the 25. 50 miles is 50 oh miles. Oh my gosh. My hip flexors were gone. I don't even want to drive 50 miles. <laughs> they were, they were <laughs> gone. Hey, it, we did 50 miles in the heavy this past week. Well, that's what I was going to say. So it's like uh, part of what I w- w- like want your sales pitch on. Like I've done my, this is why I think you should come do this event with us. And I do think, so it's the 12 mile star course, November 6th, right here, Jacksonville beach um, links in our, in our link tree. If you're looking at us on Instagram, it'll be in the show notes there. Go has graciously provide us with a promo code just for you listeners. Just don't even think about it. Just go on register. Just do it. Um, but like, I want to hear your, your sales pitch. Like why should somebody come out and do a go event knowing that. So I'm watching your social media this week knowing we're coming to do this i'm still surprised that you guys agreed to it at all and maybe at this deep into the podcast you regret it i don't know if not you're not letting on and that's awesome it's probably uh, advanced cia training um <laughs> but uh then i'm looking at you just got back from new york mm-hmm. where you did what i'm gonna call it the wrong thing you did an, an hcl and it's not now it's an htb htb and so i wanted to wait till on air did it explain to josh what that is yeah okay yeah, I haven't even posted about it. That's how that's how like <laughs> I'm still getting back to earth. So an HTV is when you and it was formerly called an HCL and then an HTL now an HTB, but it's the same thing. It's basically you do a heavy event, which is 24 hours underweight. When do you sleep? You don't. You don't. <laughs> And then okay. there's like a just go ahead and X my name off. <laughs> there's of a three hour break, which basically you gotta you gotta go eat, you gotta shower, and you might have time to to you know, close your eyes for 30 minutes, which is what I had. Then you do a 12 hour tough. And then same after thing. After the 24. After. Yep. You just roll in. And there's, so there's the three hours in between the 24 and the, and the 12. And the three hours, like I said, it's, it's very, it like, goes by in a flash. Yeah. You, you've got zero, you got very little time to do the priorities of work. I mean, you got to, you got to take care of your feet. You yeah. got to feed, you know, eat. all I wanted was to eat, shower and, and lie my head down. And even Going to sleep for 30 minutes was dangerous because I almost didn't wake up on, in time. And then you do the 12 hours. You also have a three-hour break, and then you roll into a six-hour event. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's really the question, right? Like, for for, for any of it, you, if you're going to come do the Star Course get, with us, you if you're going to do... Yeah. It feels really good afterwards. And, you know, this... It's like the 5 a.m. after post-workout. Yes. You don't look back on it and go, I wish I didn't do that. No, because yeah. you, your mind plays tricks. You mm-hmm. forget the misery. And I have to tell you, I did not have nice things to say about Go Ruck or Rucking or Jason McCarthy <laughs> <laughs> between the hours of 2 and 6 a.m. on Saturday. I was very frustrated. I was like, I'm not coming back. Wow. I was making plans to go out to dinner with this other girl, my battle buddy, buddy uh, Tiffany Morgan. Um, she's uh, she, she was just planning to do the heavy with me as well. We just signed up for the heavy. And then we, you know, you get there. The peer pressure is yeah. real. And plus we had, we had a great platoon. We had a solid, you know, they, they were called, we were called death squad. And we just had a lot of guys taking the head. I mean, we had 120 pound sandbags, 80 pounds, 60 pounds, um, a fire hose, Wow. you know, water bladders to carry, yeah, you know, it's you, not just your ruck. You end up it's with not just your ruck. coupons and then you'd got to do PT along the way. And, you know, so, but at the same time, like, you know, here we are 20th anniversary of nine 11. Mm. everything that's been going on in the world yeah. of late and last year, you know, last, you know, whatever decade. And it, it's, it's magic. Like you're with people of all different types, shapes and sizes. And, and you just feel like you just feel connected. You feel a bond. 
and you know that you can't you can't buy you you can't really just find that in in nowhere you anywhere anymore you've got to actually go out and seek it out i mean yeah you can have that feeling at war you can have it on a a great sports team you know you can have that but but well, how many of us have that opportunity, yeah. you know, right. or, right. or we have it and we haven't had it in a while. So it really taps into, to, to something deeper. And, and I think in the human psyche and, and human nature and mm-hmm. that, you know, we want to feel things we want to, we want to express ourselves. And sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes that's being like, Hey, I'm, I'm actually can't carry the sandbag anymore. I need someone to help me. I mean, there's something very powerful in in going through that and, and being able to, to pass that off and feel like, gosh, that person really helped me out there, yeah, you know, that's and awesome. being grateful. So yeah, it, it's, it's special. All of our events have uh, bring something to the table. I think and we, we offer a lot of different types and we, we do everything, like you said, from these rucking events with star courses. Um, we have, you know, our challenge events, which have more PT in them. And, you know, some of them go overnight. Uh, you know, we have these commemorative events that memorialize that's veterans cool. day, nine 11, Moog mile, you know, all these different things. And then, you know, we also do some tactical type events and, and, um, some scavenger, which are more of like fun loving kind of things. But yeah, the 12 miler is an awesome, I think it's an awesome sort of entry without being too, too easy. Yes. You know, it still is going to take some commitment. I mean, like, 12 miles is 12 miles at the end of the day. I don't even day. want to drive 12 miles. I know you don't. You- <laughs> well, and that's part of one of my favorite things of Go Ruck still. And you alluded to this a little bit ago, like with uh, with the first, with the early events, you know, one and two and three. Like you guys are still super coy about the event. It's oh, like, yeah. it's not, it's not a 10 hour event. It's not a 12 hour event. It's a 10 to 12 hour event. And if you get a good cadre, maybe, maybe you'll get lucky and get 14 or 15. Anything it's, could happen. It's not. 18 miles stuff. So even with the star course, Josh is like, so we're doing 12 miles. I'm like, well, probably, Pro- maybe. It, the we'll website s- specifically says 12. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, I'm like, no, no, because it, you get, you get points and you make your own course essentially. And, mm. you know, choose wisely. Right. Don't make any wrong terms, turns because, you know, you might go over 12 miles if that's the case. But how often yeah. can you, can't you just like go on Google maps and punch in every, you Way, can waypoint and then how reliable is that it's it's reliable i mean but you know sometimes roads are closed or you've got right. to walk around yeah. or you know you you know that they're taking that route that's like the most you know they're not mm-hmm. accounting for the vet oh i needed to go get some water over here yeah. sure. you know, uh, there, i mean there's these after action reports you can find them all over <laughs> online of guys like thinking i'm gonna cut through here and oh no you're not and that just added four miles oh, six yeah. miles wow. and where you're like no this is a comfortable time hack I can do this or now- we had people miss points and have to backtrack oh, Go get oh it. man yeah yeah I mean the first ever star course we did was in DC in 2017 I think and that was the um, it was the the 50 mile miler and that has just gone down in epic history I mean it torrential downpour wow for the first like you know 16 hours of it or something or, or maybe 12 hours and we were on the cno canal path and it was <laughs> i mean it was it was a moment i mean people Gosh. were like draw people were having i mean it's 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 just you know these it's like the worse it is the more memorable right, yes. right. And, and i think that's kind of what sort of the beauty no of well and i've got i've got the go ruck sweatshirt uh, 
to to advertise it, but the concept is embrace the suck, yeah. right? Like that, there's value. Yeah, in that, and that's where I was thinking about this interview this week because I was uh, I was going to say we nerd out on space on the podcast. I I nerd out on space, and Josh indulges me space travel. But so yes. there was this big launch yesterday of the Inspiration Four mission. I don't know if you've heard about mm-hmm. this at all, but they've raised a ton of money for St. Jude and still raising money. But they did this awesome Netflix documentary no. leading up to it, and so the the one girl that's on there, Haley, that she's the one that's the childhood cancer survivor. She's got the titanium femur. They went as part of their prep for this. They went and climbed Mount Rainier. Not the wow. whole thing, but they went up. I mean, they they did, I don't awesome. know, like 6,000 vertical feet in a day or something like that. And she's like, is my femur even going to hold up? Because it's broken for her before. But there's this point where she's calling her mom on a sat phone to tell her about it after she's up there. And she just talks about how, like, this gave me a new baseline of what I'm capable for. Like, I couldn't believe that I could do this. And now... I've got to find the new baseline because this, I can go for, I know I can do more than this. Right. And to me, like that's so encapsulated what my takeaway have been from, and again, I need, I know I need to do a challenge. Um, but even, even just the light and even just doing that 25 miles with my buddies where those last few miles, man, like you're walking from your shoulders, yeah. right? Like I can't swing my legs. I, you know, I'm walking like Frankenstein. And it's just, you figure out, okay, I don't know where my baseline is, but it's somewhere beyond that. I know it's beyond this now. And I don't know how you find that. There's just not too many other ways. There's not too many other ways. I mean, there are other ways um, that people do this, but... But, you know, we found that this is, this is our, this is our thing, yeah. you know, to push people out of their comfort zone. And, you know, we, Michael Easter's book, the, the comfort crisis, it just talks about how, you know, the average person wakes up, you know, microwaves their breakfast, you know, gets in the car, goes to work, sits all day, yeah. you know, then ri- drives home, microwaves their dinner and sits down and watch some TV. And it's you like, you described my whole month. <laughs> 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 you can't do that for, yeah. you know, yeah. you can't you can't do that forever. And it's like, it's causing a lot of problems and and unhappiness. I mean, not just health problems, but unhappiness. And so, you know, I, we hear these stories all the time and you know, I, we've actually experienced them ourselves too. It's that it's transformative to get out there and push your limits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he talks about, I think it's, I might mispronounce it. Is it Masagi? Misogi? Misogi. Like that Japanese concept. And then um, like a similar concept, I think it's from the Greeks, the Agon, mm-hmm. l- like um, uh, Brett from uh, Art of Manliness, yeah. which I know he's a big fan of Go yeah. Ruck and has talked like, about rucking, like his strenuous life program. Like there's a weekly Agon and it's that, it's that challenge yourself. It's, it's push yes. and find and move, you know, find that line and then move it and keep, keep going beyond yes. it. And you see this throughout culture after culture, like we're built for that challenge. We are. We are. And you know, it's with it lacking, we're all turning into the people from Wally. Like, it's that's just the direction I that love it's, that movie. you know, yeah. I you say don't that. like being 400 pounds overweight <laughs> watching Netflix all day. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, we, we thrive in adversity. And yes, yeah. our basic needs need to be met. And I'm not talking about, you know, not getting enough sleep all the time, you know, right. and I mean, we're talking about doing these things every once in a while to kind of wake yourself up and saying like, and knowing like, gosh, I can still do that, yeah. you know, or I, you know, I know now where my baseline is, but you know, going hungry for a little bit is a good reminder yeah. of, for, of things. And, um, that's kind of what the whole 30 was. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was like, I'm really hungry all the time. I'm going to bed hungry, but you know, I know I'm not, I'm not in a food insecure situation, but it does mm-hmm. make you think about yeah. the, you know, 10% of the world does, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. it's a good reminder. I mean, 
you know, not everyone has the opportunity to, to work in the mission field, you know, to go to South Africa or to other places and to actually, because I, I think about that every day. I mean, it changed my life. Yep. And, and they told me it was going to change my life when I, when I was getting ready to go. And I was like, eh, okay, we'll see. But it did. It did. It yep. makes me think about, it makes me grateful for what we have and yep. not take it, take it for granted. And I think um, in some small way, like the, these sort of toe in the water of special forces lifestyle, I think it does. I think it's, it's serving that purpose yeah. as well. It's awesome. Now, all that to say, I don't want to scare the listeners off from the 12 mile star no. course it's it it's the it's the starter it's, it's a accessible. great gateway drug and yeah. you know what if you're like well i don't i don't want to do like i don't need to find my line this is a baby starter to find your line and maybe you come out and do this with us if nothing else you're gonna have a good time you're definitely gonna have a good time but maybe you go oh well my line's way beyond this now i really want to know where it's at well then we'll work on booking the next event our, for our, you our favorite thing to hear after in a review an event is that it was too easy mm. it's like well we we've got something for that yeah <laughs> I've got a, <laughs> we've got we've got a lot of I for that solve i mean that problem yeah for i mean all the way up to selection you know 48 yes. hours of and, and, of getting a, a, basically a beat down selection i wasn't even going to bring up selection Sorry, on here but yeah. selection's a real outlier Every, it is so, it's not what this is the other the other ones are team building finding yourself, but I mean, you find yourself with selection, but I don't ever want to do it. But the, the goal of for every other event, the goal of the cadre, like you, like uh, the goal of GORUCK, you want everybody to finish. Like it's not a beat down. You're not looking to exactly. weed people out. You're not I looking to quit. I think people picture like Hell Week from Buds probably. Yes. They're like just imagining someone that's in your face yelling. That's, that's what selection is. Selection oh, okay. is about enforcing the standard. Right. Okay. Right. And if you, yeah, there's a documentary on it. But no one's going to be yelling in your face on this 12 miler. No. No, no, no. Some people probably think they're all the same. There's motivation, but it's not, um, it's very team oriented. It's very um, empowering. Right. And I like to hear Jason describe it. He hates selection. He does. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm, I'm the guy that actually watched the live feed the whole time. I'm like, I love selection. I don't want to do it, <laughs> but I love it. It's great TV. Yeah. So yeah, there is, if you're like, if you want to see what selection is all about, there's actually a phenomenal documentary on selection that, uh, I know it was on prime, right? Where all can you get it? Now? I think it's on Hulu now. Is it on Hulu? Uh, I haven't checked in a while, but yeah. 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 I mean, just to give you a little taste, um, this, so this weekend up in New York, Kadri Mocha, he he was doing some yelling. All the Kadri lose their voice by the end. But, you know, it's just mostly to motivate you. It's not singling you out. Right. But we're at the beginning of the the basics. So this is, you know, our third event for some of us that are doing the whole thing. And he's making us do basically, you know, you're in front-leaning rest um, with your rock on your back. And he's making us get on our um, elbows up and down. And the whole time he's saying, like, Imagine you're trapped in that building, you know, they have stuff on you. Like this is how, I mean, I mean, we did this for what felt like a really long time, but I mean, people were crying. I I was going to say, I would, are you crying? You're in times square. Dear God. Yeah. We were at a different, we were, yeah. yeah. I mean, we were all over and it, it just was super. Hits different. I mean, it's just like you, you, you feel motivated. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you start to, to think about it. People were very moved and it was a very memorable sort of moment. I mean, he's from New York and, you know, wow. served overseas for, you know, 20 plus years. And, you know, this is, this is something like it's a really great way to remember. That's yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. So I do, if, if you've, if we can keep you a little bit longer, you've been, thank you. So this yeah. has been such a blast. Same. Oh, How long do you think too, it's been? If you had a guess. 
I I can't even venture. Eighty minutes. Uh, yeah, uh, two hours exactly. Oh. Look at that. I feel I did want to <laughs> be like no. Wait, Eighty no, minutes no. is ninety, or sorry, ninety is an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know how math works. I did so it. It's been two hours. It's been two hours oh. exactly. Right I did now. at one point want to ask you like Jason Bourne type questions. I'm like, do you know how long you can run flat out at this altitude? <laughs> um, like when you're walking, you know someone's following you. You look at the reflection but, in the van, and you're like, that guy's following me. <laughs> uh, but because it's such, I feel like a big factor of what you guys do and what you're about. Like Go Rucks always had a very charitable aspect. I feel mm-hmm. like, and I, there, there's a ton that we could talk about, but I did want to give you the chance to talk about Chad 1000 X because it's right on the horizon. It is. Um, Yeah. Thank you. Um, It's, it's really the cause, you know, we, we, we work with a lot of great causes and, and love to support them. Um, But this has really become sort of defining. And um, on that note, before I tell about, talk about Chad, we've decided we've been doing this for the past, I want to say six years, but we've been donating um, 1% of our top line revenue to causes that are, um, you know, mean a lot to us. Travis Manion Foundation, mm-hmm. Navy SEAL Foundation. Um, you know, we've just, we're donating to the National Firefighter, Firefighters Foundation. Um, lots of different great causes, uh, all service oriented. Cool. And um, but the Chad 1000X is something that we're really, really motivated to get behind. It's about bringing awareness to veteran suicide and beyond. And it's about Chad Wilkinson's story, Navy SEAL who had just a stellar career and how, you know, in 2018 he took his life. Um, and it's just, he had a, he was, the workout is based upon the workouts that he did to train for summiting Mount, uh, Mount Aconcagua in Argentina, second highest summit in the world. And he did all these box step ups with with a weight on his back mm. to simulate um, mountain climbing, and you know we were connected to his widow, Gold Star spouse Sarah Wilkinson, and she is just a force of nature and has really, um, you know, has been given a really difficult um, burden, but she's using it in a very powerful way. Um, so we were uh, introduced to her through the Navy SEAL Foundation. And since then, last year, we, we launched this sort of very quickly, about six weeks out, threw together a training plan and had almost 5,000 people oh, wow. sign up to do it. That's awesome. Um, pretty big sort of following uh, out of the gates and raised $100,000 to wow. go towards, um, you know, brain and mental health programs in the uh, awesome. for NSF. So this year... We've just been, you know, talking about it more. And we were, we're thinking that this is going to be like Memorial Day Murph is. This is going to be Veterans Day Chad. Yeah, that's cool. And, um, you know, we did a lot of uh, box, uh, sorry, not box, but step ups during this last weekend in 9-11. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be doing more. And what I'm really excited about is that, you know, you can do this anywhere. You can do this in your own garage. You can do this in your gym. You can do this with your rut club or whatever, whatever makes sense for you. Um, in addition to that, we're going to have five cities this year where we're actually hosting live events, New York city, Jacksonville, San Diego, um, Virginia beach and Fort Pierce where the Navy seal museum is. So it's right either the, um, the weekend before the weekend after veterans day because veterans day falls in the middle of the week. Uh, we're going to actually have these. So, you know, I know not everyone can get to those, but if you're close or in range of those cities, come and join us. Um, there's going to be a special commemorative 
a round patch with all those cities on it that you'll That's get cool. in addition to um, the, the, the rectangular patch and t-shirt that you get from donating. Awesome. But it's on the Chad 1000X site and you know it's just gonna be great. We're, we're working out the heats and everything yeah. for what we're gonna do. But um, you know, the purpose is to actually, you know, not many people are gonna dial that number, the hotline number, mm -hmm. yeah. but they will talk to a friend. Yeah, yeah. And we're seeing just since the Jocko interview with, with Sarah and Jason, an outpouring yeah. of DMs and messages of people saying, the, listening to this saved my life or I was wow. in a really bad place and um, I'm, I need to talk to someone more about this and thank you for that push. Yeah. So it's, it's working and, awesome. and we wanted to keep, we want to keep it going. Yeah. yeah. So cool. That's and so awesome. and Jocko, is, he's, he's participating in the San Diego yes. event, I think he said, yes. right? Which is really cool. Yeah. Super cool. The Jack's speech event. And I think it's the same day we're coming to do the it star is. course. It is. Oh, I was about to say, like, I want to do the Jax one. I'm really tempted. You can do both. To do that in the morning. We're going to do it in the oh. morning before this. And I feel like I'm going to be six miles into that star course and regret that decision. <laughs> What's horribly. in the, what do you do in the. Um... The Chad workout? Mm -hmm. It's a thousand box step ups with, with weight on your back. But you can okay. scale the How height much of the step and the. You can scale. So expert level is 45 pounds, 20 inch box, thousand steps. You can do it. I did it last year with 20 pounds on a 20 inch box, but you know, you can do it on the, the steps, you know, you can scale the, the step up or you can scale the weight. You can do it slick. That means I would lose no count. Weight. How do you keep count? <laughs> um, we have, people use ranger beads, oh, okay. which are cool. Like, so a little bit of paracord and, um, you know, like a bead. And so you, you have enough where you can just, when you hit 10, you pull it down. Okay. So you do. That's smart. Doing yeah, that. yeah I'd, I would I'm be thinking, like 41. <laughs> obviously, we're bringing our, our Star Course crew, which listeners, so the Star Course is a, a little bit of a team event, two to five. Yes. But listen, if you don't have a team, you'll team up with us. We'll, we'll make it work. We'll split up however we need to to make that work for you Always for the Star Course. But obviously, we've got our little crew coming. I'm like, well, maybe we can maybe we can split our thousand steps. Yeah, you can. Maybe. But yeah. this is the thinking that has kept me from doing a challenge. So maybe I need to cut but it like, out and just suck it up it, and do I'm my thousand do steps. You want to do all yeah. thousand, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, I would probably hate, like you said, I'll probably hate myself at mile six, but then it's like, I don't know. You only live once. You know what? That what only, what, what matters is what you, what works for you. I mean, it, if you're just showing up and you're doing, you're splitting them in half or four ways with, you know, I know, I know, a, um, an employee of ours and she's like, I haven't done something like this in a long time, but I recruited my sisters and we're going to, we're going to split it up and do it together. Awesome. I mean, yeah. good. Yeah. Brought more, two more people here. Like yeah. that's, that's worth a lot. So yeah. Um, whatever works. Um, and Sarah has been like the first to, to say that. And, you know, even Chad, when he was training, he, he didn't like start it with a thousand, like he built yeah. up to it. Um, and you know, she's a CrossFit, uh, seminar staff, you know, she's been leading this OG stuff. CrossFit. Yeah. Like OG. Way back early. Yeah. Very, very early, um, adopter of, of all that. So she, she knows what it means. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're, we're really excited about it. We've got a lot of great partners this year, including Jocko. And it's just going to be, it's going to be pretty festive. And I, we, we originally were trying to do the, the Jacksonville one in town, but we realized logistically we needed to just like combine it where, where the star course was going to be. Yeah. And so that, um, we're really, really excited yeah. because the 50 mile will still be going while we're doing it. And mm -hmm. then. We'll have yeah. we'll have the other ones launch later. That's awesome. Well, and I like you guys are both real Florida natives. Yes. And I feel like I've been here long enough to make this statement. If you've got a choice between visiting Jacksonville 
and visiting Jacksonville Beach. You want to go to Jacksonville Beach? <laughs> Jacksonville does nothing for yeah, me. Yeah, I was just here oh, Sunday for yeah. the Dude, Packers that... game, and the city itself. I'm like, this feels like kind of like garbage. Who decided <laughs> it was a good idea to put a hard 90 degree turn in an interstate? Oh well, not me. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad I had, idea. I had no part. Bad in that idea. So. Well, listen, Jacksonville is. I know we know people who are doing a lot to revive downtown, and they're doing great stuff. But you know, the beach is where it's at. Yeah. The beach is pretty cool. There's some Jacksonville's just a huge city area wise. It's yeah. the second largest in the U.S. and the first in the continental. Oh wow! Because, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, Sitka, Alaska is the is the the winner of that. But the you know there is a divide. You know, we talk about the intercoastal as being the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> we we don't cross the ditch yeah. very very often. Um, that being said, there's super cool stuff going on in lots of different little neighborhoods. But you, it's like you know, you're talking about driving, not wanting to drive. Everything's like 30 minutes away. Right. So here, it's very bikeable. Yeah. Rockable. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's. I would say out here, the, the culture isn't, you know, we don't have as many restaurants and maybe museums and stuff, but we've got, you have we've got the beach. Yeah. Then I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> all Josh You're needs like, in life. Yeah. You give me some Kira, extra rice. Kira, Kuma, yeah. and Chipotle. And he's that's good all to I go. Oh, so, that's sweet. Yeah. But, uh, so if you're interested in, in, in Chad 1000X, and hopefully you are, even if, if you're like, hey, I'm not doing the steps, send the money, send the money yeah. anyway, support the cause. But uh, chad1000x.com, everything's spelled just like it sounds. You yes. can get more information there. If you if you want to come out and do the Star Course uh, with us, November 6th here, that link is in our show notes. It's in our link tree on Instagram. Uh, and there's a promo code just for our listeners. It's uh, solid seven, capital S is one five off. Solid seven fifteen off. We'll it's also you, in the show notes. We'll Just get you. Look at yeah, that. Well, cool. yeah, it's, it's in the show notes too. Um, and uh, if you want to look at other GoRuck events, goruckevents.com. If you're interested in the gear, goruck.com. Um, support them. Spend your money. Do the events. You guys are awesome. Emily, thank you so much thank for you. doing awesome. this. For giving us all this time. Uh, it was fantastic. Normally, this is where we would make our, our Patreon pitch. Uh, but if it's Patreon or coming and doing the Star Course with us, Come and do the Star Course with us. We're we're okay without. The, Josh is giving me the side eye, but no, I'm like, I don't care. I was now nah, we'll we'll be all right without Patreon. Really come, come out. So that that <laughs> I like to wrap it up. This is that is always the limiting factor. But thank you so much, listeners. Thank, thank you, you guys so much for tuning in. Um, you can hear Emily regularly on Glorious Professionals. We'll uh, podcast. Uh, you can hear Sarah Wilkinson. You can hear Chad's yes. uh, Gold Star Widow um, on their podcast here recently. So go check that out, and uh, we'll catch you on the flippity flip. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.